Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of The Third Power. This is your co-host, Anthony Avatolo, and as always, I'm here with my effervescent co-host, Usman Jamil. Apparently I am mouthwashed. <laughs> no, it's like you're... You're, uh, effervescent, like, you know, like, like freshly poured soda. Your enthusiasm is just jumping out of the, out of the glass. Oh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, uh, as it turns out, we were, we were going to, uh, go ahead and go with our black review episode. As it turns out, they went ahead and popped that full, uh, Journey to Nick spoiler online. So instead, we're bringing you our Journey to Nick's review for Cube. Yeah, and I was kind of um, surprised that it came out this soon. Yeah, I thought it was always kind of uh, a couple of days right before the pre-release, but hey, apparently we got it about a week or so before, so rock on. Give us a chance to take a look at it and kind of do all of our uh, mental plannings on uh, what we're looking at to uh, aim for cube inclusion. Yeah, so I'm pretty pretty stoked. Already this set seems pretty well, it's better than Born of the Gods. Oh, yeah. Man, this set looks so much more interesting and so much better than uh, Born of the Gods. So, uh, as always, we'll start with our Crack-A-Pack. we got a lot to get to. This is a pretty deep set for a little set. So we have yeah. a lot of cards to mention. So let's uh, let's get right to the action. Uh, All right. We'll uh, use Usman's cube this time, which is uh, 450 powered. Is that right? 460, but yeah, 460. Yeah. Eh, close right. enough. All right. Let's, yeah, let's try right. So, um, yeah, let's, let's do the cards. First pick, Mindstone. Are you typing or am I typing? I am typing. It's your cube. I will type. Oh, okay. Mindstone. Oh, that came up right there. That's Look at that. It's like, it's like magic. Burn the heretic. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have, looking at some random... Oh, please tell me Avicen Kishino Restor- Heretic is like the next card that you pull up or something. I'm actually, like, for some reason I found, like, a random Kessig Malcontents Ooh. in my car. And it's, like, all, like, warped because of water damage. And I'm just happen to see that. And, I mean, that kind of fits the flavor. It's like, you know, burn the heretic. Yeah, they are, uh, they're, they are malcontent. People who want to burn are, are malcontented. So. That's true. That is, uh, they're angry. Uh, card number two, Vampire Nighthawk. Alright. Card number three. All right, uh, Vidalkin Shackles. Ooh. Shackle Dackles. That's a, a certainly a Shackles. Do you, do you remember, uh, what was it? It was the great, I think, it, not the great kazoo. It was uh, like an old 70s or 80s cartoon. And uh, there was a genie. It was a uh, a black genie character. And he used to say, Yapple Dapple. Uh-uh. He used to pronounce his, uh, that was like his, uh, his magic words. His name was Genie. I think he was just like this overweight genie character that had like a little hat and the big earrings. Uh, I'll have to, we'll have to link it to show notes. It was like a Hanna Barbera show. Huh. And with his magic words, instead of like, you know, uh, when he, instead of, you know, abracadabra or whatever, he used to go, yapple dapple. Yapple dapple. But for some reason, whenever I look at shackles, I think shackle dackles in his voice. I don't know why. Yapple dapple. <laughs> I'm writing a note. For when I'm editing, I will, uh, Yapple Dapple. Yeah, Yapple Dapple. I will, uh, I'll, I'll include the, uh, the link in the show notes to the Wikipedia entry. Uh, one of the voices in, uh, Genie, Mark Hamill. Wow. Yeah. He's, he doesn't, he does so much voice work though. 
Yeah, it was his. Uh, yeah, his his master in the show was voiced by Mark Hamill. That's crazy. High That's crazy. Anyway, pick number four, Bloodbraid Elf. Ooh, that's uh, that's a pretty good one. I also think uh, when I ever put the the abbreviation for Bloodbraid Elf, I think boys to men A B C B B E. Jeez. Instead of BBD for Bell Biv DeVoe, I think BCE like for Bloodbraid Elf. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. I like this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you everything that reminds me of a song. All right, let's see what you remember for uh, oh, Shieldred Whispering One. Oh, God. Is there, a, is there a reference for that one? I don't know if I have one for that one. But, however, whenever I do look at it, this is what I think of. I think Shieldred. Oh. There you go. <laughs> I think we did that on the podcast too when we reviewed it. Oh, I'm pretty sure we did, yeah. Sheldred. That was when we were smack talking Elishnorn. Right. Remember, I was like, Elishnorn sucks for Cube, as we now know. Oops. Not, not so much. <laughs> Next card, unexpectedly absent. Ooh. Was, my brain was unexpectedly absent when I said Elishnorn sucks. <laughs> unexpectedly absent. Yep. All right. Well, let's like see this next. A lot so far, by the way. Oh, I'm. So- yeah. Card sweet. Next card, Celestia Signet. All right. Featuring the uh, Commander 2013 art, which is, I don't know, pretty cool. Gonna go say uh, Signet's kind of pulling up the uh, the pulling up the old rear here on the uh, pick order so far. It really is. Oh wait, they're too good. No, what are you talking about? They're they're too good. What's card nine? Uh, Fulminator Mage. Big foams. Mm-hmm. I like that card. That card's sweet. I, I like that card a lot until Innistrad. Oh, okay. Then it got uh, eaten by a vampire. Yeah, then there were two vampires, which were both very, very good. Went, oh. Okay. Uh, let's see. Another card. Number 10. Kodama's Reach. Ooh, Reach Not Around. Bad. Not bad. Not bad. We like that one. So... <laughs> Uh, number 11. Uh, let's do a, uh, let's do Grave Titan. Let's do that one. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do Grave Titan, sure. That's a good uh, one. That's a, that's not bad. And, let's see, what's this next card here? How about, uh, how about Manitive? How about it? How about it? Alright, so, next three cards are gonna be cards from Journey into Nyx. Um, I just set those cards aside, so I'm gonna shuffle those up. Those will be the next ones in the cracker pack. <laughs> BBE. <laughs> uh, ABC BBE. <laughs> like it. Uh, Master of the Feast. Okay, you want to know what comes in the, my mind when I when I see this one? Um. Uh. Good Burger. <laughs> no, no, Lay Miz, Master of the House. No, 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 no. Okay. Master of the feast. <laughs> Thinks he's a great lover, but there's not much there. I was surprised there wasn't like a you draw card reference or something. Or I don't know. I got. I mean, I'm fast, but I'm not, a, not that, that fast. fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. That's Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Next one. Uh, let's see. Harness by force. Harness by force. Yeah. Getting, getting the strive threatened. Last card. 
Let's see. Let's, what's this here? Drum roll. A drum roll. We're doing drum roll here. That's giving me a strange look. Let's do a dictate of Heliod. Dictate. Of Heliod. There you go. All right. So there's lots of neato black cards in this pack. There are. There's uh, definitely some interesting interesting cards there. So, once again, you know, and, and it's it's one of these funny things, at least for me when I look at this pack, it, it's kind of hard for me to think, you know what, I think this is the best card. Because I do, there are a, a good three cards in this pack that I could see myself first picking. Um, but then it kind of goes to, well, what kind of a day am I having? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do what kind of thing do I want to do here? Um, now, this pack is very deep in black. Like I said, there are, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six black cards in this pack? So th- this either tells us, you know, do we want to be taking one of these cards and then hoping to get something on the on the lap, but potentially putting, since there are at least two very good black cards in here, do we risk putting the person... Granted, they're going to be downstream from us, so you know they get to be our B for two packs, and we're only their B for one pack. Uh, do we go with the black cards, or do we just go somewhere else? Personally, I love the Dalkin Shackles. I'm yeah, a big shack- fan of that card, and you know, any excuse to play blue. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so. I, I don't have – you don't have to really convince me, oh, you should play blue. Oh, darn. <laughs> have to play blue. Oh, no, I'm How, playing Shackles. However, Grave Titan is big game. Grave Titan is quite big game. That's yeah. a, Imperial Soul is big game, too, but Grave Titan is, is real big game. And so I, I feel like – I mean, I, I think Master of the Feast may be big game as well. Well, we'll have to see moving forward. But, like, I don't want to pick Bloodbraid Elf because I, I don't want two colors right now. Yeah. Um, Kadama's Reach is obviously very, very good if you're if you're in a rampy mood. That's one of the best cards you can get uh, at that spot. Uh, but for me, I guess it, it depends on whether I'm feeling black and or blue. I could just see myself here taking Vidalkin Shackles and letting other people fight over the black cards. Yeah, I agree. I do you like uh, how you unexpectedly absent in this pack? I don't think I first pick it. No. I think there are better first pickable cards, uh, like archetypical cards here that we could kind of move into something or keep ourselves definitely, you know, aligned that way. And I think, uh, uh, Master could possibly be one of those. I don't know yet. Grave Titan certainly is. Um, Vidalkin Shackles certainly is. Um, and I think Kadama's Reach is close. I mean, yeah. if you feel like you want to play a bunch of mana, it's a pretty good place to start. And in general, at least, uh, you know, green's kind of a little looked down upon right now, you know, um, it, at least in, in these parts, it's kind of hard to convince people to draft a good uh, green deck. So I feel like those are cards you could first pick and then just run with them if you just want to, like, push and, and go early. Uh, and of all those, for me, my favorite one is probably Vidalkin Shackles. So that's my pick. I agree. Even in like blue X, I'm a, I'm still a huge fan. Yeah, I mean you, know, you I'm, certainly don't need to be mono blue. Like it helps having lots of highlands, obviously. But yeah, I, I find myself even playing it like in Grixis or whatever. 
Well, as long as you have, you know, the dual lands and stuff to support it, that, you know, all the islands, then, yeah. then you're okay. Um, and if you're getting it first pick, you know, you should probably, <laughs> you should probably take that in mind. Right. Well. Unless, yeah. you know, the person directly in front of you is, you know, getting one blue card a pack and taking it, you should mm-hmm. probably wind up in pretty good shape. But I could definitely see an argument made here for Grave Titan. Yeah. Grave Titan is very good. I don't know how high you're going to get another black card on the wheel. Pretty sure. Yeah. So much good, so much goodness. So. Do you like um out of this pack? It's not really a first pick consideration, but do you like a Mindstone better or Celestia Signet? That's actually a good question, and I thought about that earlier. I think in general, I just want Mindstone because I can trade it in for a card if I need to. Yeah. Um, and it you know if I'm drafting the artifact deck, it functions the same way. Um, it's a two mana mana rock, so it's fine. But he just has this additional upside of, of trading in as opposed to making colorless mana. But you know what? I'm fine making colorless mana. I, I'm fine having an extra colorless mana instead of an extra colored mana at this point. Yeah. Or even maybe in the abstract, too. Like, a lot of times I, I feel like I like the ability to cash it in for Mindstone. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Oh, wait. As I said, oh, wait, they're too good. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> that all thing. Warp things, dude. I know. And like a lot of people like big foams, and like I liked big foams for a long time, but big big foams just doesn't feel like the card it used to be. I don't know. Like it's obviously very good if you can get it going with any sort of recursion, makes things rough. But like the 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 high impact level of a lot of the black red cards now, and you have some like really super hyper aggro cards at the bottom, and some unbelievable cards at four mana. And with the exception of big sections, man, it's just hard to find room for that guy anymore. Yeah, I have him different in a, like a hybrid section than multicolor. Right, but you know, like my hybrid, you know, I, I think of hybrid, and I'm I'm thinking of the one drop, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, cackles. Yeah, big cacks. Yeah, that card's so good. So, so good. Can't so, block. As opposed Uh-oh. to big foams, big yeah. cack. You cannot block. What a drawback. So yeah, that's um that does that crack a pack. It's sweet. Uh, pretty sweet. So uh, we found out during PAX, the, the PAX conference or whatever they call it, PAX. What did you, you call it? A con? I guess. It, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's a, a gaming con or whatever, right? Yeah. So there was a magic, um, you know, whatever panel. Yeah, panel's the right word. Yep. So they had one of those for magic, and honestly, I was kind of expecting kind of the usual. They were just going to talk about the new set, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. So they talked about this card called Genesis Hydra. Oh, I guess I should lead it in a little better. <laughs> so they, they talked about how, like, non-magic people are designing some cards. And they showed this guy. It's like, hey, I'm, uh, what's his name? No, oh, I forgot to put that there. So it's the like guy something who, player, right? Isn't his last name, like, player or something like that? I don't remember. I, I'll go to Memphis. I thought it was something kind of funny. Like, that looks like a fake name. I kind of remember thinking that for some reason. Let's, uh, let me double check that. Let's see. Uh, George Fan. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> Player Fan, right? I was like, that seems, le- that's legit. But like, it was, a, he was like, hey, I'm George Fan. I designed this card. And I like, whatever. So here's Genesis Hydra. I was mm-hmm. like, what? And there, so they had like, you know, the guy from Minecraft and whatever, and he made like plants for zombies and whatever. I was like, that's, that card seems cool. So I figured we can talk a little bit about it since it got spoiled and, you know, It'll eventually be in Cube, you know, one of these days, whenever that set comes out in a month. All right, so what does it do? 
All right, so it's de- X double green for a zero zero. All right, it's pretty good. <laughs> when you cast Genesis Hydra, reveal the top X cards of your library. You may put a non-land permanent with converted mana cost X or less amongst them onto the battlefield. Then shuffle the rest into your library. Genesis Hydra enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. All right. So basically what we get is so we could get a four, four for six and then wind up with another four or less drop. Yeah. So basically the higher you ramp this, obviously, the the more insane things get. Yeah. So it's just kind of like free cards stapled onto this card. Pretty much. like Kind of like Cascade, but you have more control. Well, well, it's like Genesis Wave, right? It's, that's like... Yeah. Kind of kind of what it does, right? Yeah, it's like a nod, too. It's like, hey, hey, Genesis Wave. Hey, I know you exist. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like it when car- I like it when cards do that. They kind of like have like a nod to previous Reference cards. each other. Yeah. Kinda well, like- yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Deep Analysis. Oh, yeah. The uh, Specimen's the Broken. Specimen just to be broken. Yep, and like the uh, and, and that's a nice thing when they do that, and they don't do it. They do it in a nice like they don't directly do it, but if you know the joke, it's like ah yes. Uh-huh. Where, where like if you look at the card, you're like oh these uh, cephalopods or whatever are looking at this broken machine, and like the specimen appears to be broken. It's like ah yes, they're analyzing it, and they're they're deeply analyzing it. That's okay. Without knowing about mm-hmm. Massacre being a broken creature, right? And the slang of broken being good. It's, I don't know. I thought that, I think that's clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very amused by that. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think of Genesis Hydra? I mean, I think it's kind of cool. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to play with it a bunch and see how often it's worth. All right. So basically what we're doing is we're saving two mana and drawing a card, right? Potentially, because if we cast it for X equals four, we're spending six mana to get a four four, which we usually want to spend four mana to get a four four, right? Yeah. So we're so we're over costing by two mana to get a free permanent that could be four anywhere from four or less. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, can't it, seems, be a- it seems like a neat card. Like, it'd be nice if you can get lands with it or whatever, but. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily a deal breaker. Honestly. No, I, I don't think it is, but because I don't think you're gonna miss that often. Not a, you know, green decks don't miss on permanence typically. Uh huh. But I feel like you have a floor cost of six mana total on this, right? Probably. Like, yeah, like you probably can't cast this X equals three unless you're in a jam. Yeah. Or you're setting up the top of your library, or you know, something like that. Like, you know. Like your like tutoring or, or, or tutoring, right? You can ah. like uh, enlighten tutor or something in yeah. response to it. That's true. And then put your thing right into play. Wee. Here's my sword. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's an interesting card. I think it's neat. Yeah. And you know, I think it's a good ramp card because you know, if you get to the point where you're, you know, X is equal to six or seven, then like you're, you know, have a good chance of like hitting like double boom boom. Right, yeah, because that's where the like, payoff really happens is when you're when you spend when X is equal to five or more, then you really start getting nuts. Yeah, you get essentially or like a titan or something or. So I, I think it's almost unfair to evaluate this at less than like a six drop. Yeah, 
more and like a six, seven, eight drop. And flexibility is certainly a thing too, which is sure. nice. Which is why I think it would have been nice to, to be able to get a land so you always hit or hit a lot more often, but I'm sure there's a reason why they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, so it's not a ramp spell. <laughs> I do wonder, I do wonder like on the suggestions, how much they like tweak with it once it's sent in. Like, oh, we can't do this. No, no, we gotta. Oh, I mean, they do that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, look at, uh, the, what's his name cards? The invitational cards are tweaked with all the time. Yeah, or I was gonna say skull clamp. <laughs> right. Hey, let's make it worse. Give it a minus one to power or to toughness. <laughs> it makes it so bad. Those Print creatures. It. I know it's yeah, gonna kill the creatures now. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Oops. Oops, we goofed. So, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Oops. I don't know. I kind of dig it. I, I'd like to see what else happens by them, but I could certainly see playing. I mean, this is certainly a value card, and like. You know, you, this is the last card you play in your hand, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, could you imagine playing this for like some absurd amount, like ten, and then hitting like Craterhoof Behemoth? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Good lord. Yeah. And you're dead. Yeah. And nope. Also, think a nice thing which I didn't really notice until I started looking a little bit more at the card is that it says uh, when you cast Genesis Hydra. So like, if they counter it, you're still getting still something. Get your card. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Which is nice versus like the counterspell decks. You're like, okay, because yeah. they they'll be like, oh, I'll just counter his titan. It's like, well, now you have to right. Choose. You get to put the other thing right into play too, so they can't counter it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so yeah, I, think I think that's, that's I think that's a nice little yeah, nice little side side benefit of that. So that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I, yeah I'm a I'm a fan. Like I'm trying it in my cube for right now. Like the decks that drafted it, in all honesty, were not very good. So, but that's more the deck composition than the card itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like. My opinion of it is non-existent, but hopeful. Sure. Like the Eidolon. <laughs> I'm a hopeful Eidolon. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Thanks. I was just, I was just basking because I'm, I'm gaining life or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's end, um, I don't know, Dak Faden, the, uh, the Duck Planeswalker is going to get spoiled any, apparently it's getting, like, well, there's like a few more clues left, right? Yeah, like there's a countdown on some Twitter account, and like the most recent things that like references like some, I don't know, like the Black Rose or some some something. Mm, good save there, family program. Yeah. <laughs> some stuff. Yeah, some things. <laughs> some nonsense. <laughs> so, yeah, that card. I, we don't. I don't want to use too much time talking about that. But man, yeah. that, that card looks like it could be bonkers, depending on what the casting cost is. Well, it costs three. It costs yeah. three mana. But I'm uh, uh, sorry, rather than like what it's uh, what's his name is, uh, Rouseric? No, no, no. The thing on the bottom right, loyalty. Oh, the loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it isn't like one. Well, hopefully, it isn't two. That yeah, two. And yeah. I mean, it seems like they're trying to push it, so it actually will see legacy play, maybe. Hopefully. Or be non-embarrassing in Legacy, I guess, but... Yeah, one can hope. Yeah, we'll see. It gets shrugged. But yeah, we'll find out eventually. Yep, yep. So, so uh, new set. New set yeah, uh, Journey to Nyx. Uh, like I said, a lot deeper um, than Born of the Gods. Um, there, We have a new mechanic of Constellation, which is, you know, whenever you put an enchantment into play... Uh, it triggers, you know, something, another beneficial 
effect. However, um, not while we have gotten a lot of enchantment creatures recently, uh, this is certainly more made for a, uh, uh, a format of having more enchantments around like limited, like regular limited where you just have like a bunch of dudes that are also enchantments. So you're just going to get triggers, uh, cube, not the greatest, uh, enchantment format. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of like metalcraft or whatever. Right. Like the critical mass just ain't there. Right. It's, uh, takes, uh, takes some doing, uh, to, to get it, to get it really working. So you will likely not find very many constellation, uh, cards in this. Are there any other specific set mechanics besides constellation? There is, um, one that didn't appear in this set, which is a very well missed because the cards are so good. Would, would you like to hazard a guess? Well, I don't remember what it is. Here's a hint. Those cards actually, there's one good card, the rest were awful. <laughs> that mechanic. One good card and the rest are awful. And we're talking from... Um, Born of the Gods. Oh, yeah. Strive, right? Oh, no. Well, this no, no, is no. Strive. Well, that too. But yeah, it's a, it's a mechanic that was in Born of the Gods, but it's not in Journey to Nyx. And the weird thing is, I didn't notice till just now. Would you like a hint? I would love a hint, because I'm stuck on this set. One of the common tropes is that giving your opponent a choice makes a bad card. Ooh, Punisher. Yeah, a lot of the cards gave your opponent choices, and because of that, they weren't very good. Because the choices weren't very Uh good. Uh, Wait, what was it called? Oh, okay. Uh, starts with a T. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why am I so bad at this? <laughs> Would you like another hint? Uh, hold on. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of cards that... I, I have to apologize. I, oh, I, uh, I, I did not play very much... I have not played very much Magic since Born of the Gods has come out. Uh, what? Let me think. What else? Oh, Tribute! Yup. <laughs> no cards with Tribute and Journey. Yeah, Tribute. Yeah, I just... We made our heads pun. I just realized that just now, like, while we were, like, doing this, I was like, wait, there's no cards with Tribute in this set. No. Nope. That's probably good, because all, almost, except for, like, the, uh, the Xenagos guy... Mm-hmm. The 3-3, that could be like... A right, the little hasty one. guy. Yeah. Aside from that, the rest were awful. Like, this is... Ugh. Yeah, not... Like, so many were terrible. They were not very inspired. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, there's Inspired, which came back. There was a... Uh, oh, that? Heroic is back. Yeah, Heroic. Um, What's the Stry. new one? Stry. Yeah, Stry. Strive. That's the new Strive, one. Strive, right? Strive, yeah. It'll... uh. Not multi kicker. Yeah. It's uh, is a multi kicker or a replicate. Yeah, it's it's all the same. Multi kicker, replicate. Well, you know, except for it doesn't put extra copies on the stack or whatever. It just provides extra targets. Yeah, I mean it's or like multi kicker. Yeah, they all have they all have little differences, but you know whatever. It's it's uh, you know <laughs> it's all pretty much the same. Anyway, kicker. But yeah, so there's those mechanics. But yeah, constellation no. And the other ones will just, you know, if the card's good, the card's good. 
and yeah. the, uh, it, it'll it'll work or it won't. Um, all right, well let's just let's get on to it, man. Let's get yeah, let's, let's talk let's, about uh, some white cards. Let's talk about the white cards. So should I do the intros for some of these? That's up to you. I mean, I I have uh, I can talk about them too. I have all the uh, descriptions all right here. Wow, the spoiler in MTG Salvation is not very organized. No, I have the uh, the, you, the you need official. To bring up the uh, the actual Wizards one. Yeah, during your next card image gallery. Yes, okay, sir. Yeah, that one's so sweet. The, the first one, thankfully, I know because the cards Aegis of the Gods or Aegis 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 sounds right. Regardless, Aegis of the Gods, <laughs> one and a white for two one. Enchantment creature, human soldier, you have hexproof. And it's uh it's a J sound, it's Aegis. Aegis. Okay, that sounds right. Or yeah. Aegis. Aegis. Ah, that's Aegis cool. maybe? It's 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 definitely Aegis. It might yeah. also be Aegis. Yes, it's Aegis or Aegis. But it's okay. definitely a J sound instead of a, so uh a, the other G sound. Okay. It's not like a hard G or whatever. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that... So this is essentially true believer in a uh in the new set, you know, in new new whatever. Mm-hmm. In new human form. Ah, wait, I thought the other one was a human too. True human believer. Human hexproof form. Uh well I thought true believer was a human too. Oh, is it? I don't I, know. I thought I knew I thought it was like a cleric or something. I didn't know if they had the great creature type one. They probably did. Modified yeah, it or not. It was in yeah. onslaught, so they probably just retconned all of them. Yeah, oh, human, true. human, human cleric. Ah. Yeah, so it's a easier cost, and but it's a two one, and it's hexproof instead of shroud. Right. Wow. Well, well. Yeah, I don't know. Just the stats are just like it's it's interesting that it gives you hexproof, but how often will that matter? Yeah, I don't know, especially for such a fragile creature. Uh, however. You know, and that's the thing is, like, you know, I try to think about cube applications for it, which I can't see it mattering that much. And I think about, like, eternal applications, which you already have a, a, a true believer, which is, you know, just white, white cost, right? Yeah. Double so white two, for two, two, yeah. two, two. The only thing is, is that you could cast spells targeting yourself if you have Aegis of the Gods. That's true. You can't cast spells targeting yourself if you have True Believer. That's very true. So I don't know how much that matters, but uh, for Cube, I don't, I, I don't see it. Yeah, it just seems like it's maybe too if fragile. it had first strike. If it had first strike, that'd be sweet. Yeah, but. I think it, it would be kind of. I don't know if I, it wouldn't be on Talia level, but you know, it would certainly be better. Yeah, it might certainly be in the conversation. Yeah. So anyway, I'll. I'll pass on this one i think and yeah and i'll uh i'll take the next one which uh is banishing light banishing light yeah banishing light so banishing light is our new oblivion ring banishing light reads when it's a two and a white uh when banishing light enters the battlefield exile target non-land permanent opponent controls until banishing light leaves the battlefield so basically it's non-triggered uh, so that way there's no, uh, trigger shenanigans of removing it before, uh, before the trigger resolves in order to reverse the order of the effects and thereby do something permanently. It is a quote unquote fixed oblivion ring, much like banished or priest is a quote unquote fixed, uh, fiend hunter. 
It, I wonder if it is like intention, like banishing priest, if banisher priest, like in banishing light, if that's like an intentional kind of nod. Oh, I bet you it is. I mean, speaking of, you know, nods to other cards. Yeah. I'm, I'm certain that it is. So I, I don't know how much we really need to talk about this card. I mean, play it. The end. Yeah. It's a, it's a good card. It's better than O-Ring and O-Ring's pretty much a staple. Yeah. Oblivion Ring is real nice. So, mm-hmm. uh, I do, if I was to interject, I would say I do like the rewordings. It seems like the, with the old style, you could, not in terms of like power level or cube or anything like that, but just in terms of overall gameplay, like, and this may be from when I was like starting the game over again. And, you know, I didn't know a lot of the rules, like with the stack and, you know, like the fiend hunter trick. Right, right. Like, right. it's very non-intuitive, you know, the method. It's like, and some, sometimes, like, people feel bad because they can't, like, get them, mm-hmm. you know, or like with the lifelink, you can't, like, get them with the lifelink trick anymore. Right. But, like, I think this is definitely better for the game. And, you know, no, the it cleans, sick. It, it cleans up, uh, it, it definitely cleans up some rules confusion and makes the, the flavor and the, the intuitiveness. I think it's it's a more intuitive card. But yeah, like play it. It's really good and don't cut detention sphere because you're adding banishing light. I was going to say don't cut O-ring, but yeah. Don't cut that true. either. <laughs> play them all. Don't be uh don't be like Moto Cube. No, yeah, the card's sweet. Uh next card, uh Dictate of Heliod. Dictate. Dictate. Oh, we could talk about Deicide, which sucks for Cube, but it's a pretty sweet metal band. <laughs> I was on Anthony. I was on Anthony right before this. Like, I, you were. I remember. I think you were surprised. You're like, "That's a metal band." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, like, oh, how dare you? How, how dare you? This is me shaking my fist at you. I okay. said good day. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm dropping the money. I said good day. <laughs> the cats probably like what happened. What happened? Where's my food? <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? God, stupid human, feed me. Hey, where's my food? <laughs> So yeah, um Dictate of Heliod. Um the first of the um color wise the dictates, but the non symmetrical one of the two that's non symmetrical. So I I guess I should just read the card out. That would be three, great. Yeah, Dictate of Heliod. Three double white enchantment flash creatures you control get plus two plus two. Right, so it's a five mana instant speed double glorious anthem. Yeah. Yeah. This card's sweet. Yeah, and this, it was kind of weird, like, um, I think I texted you about it at first, and I was like, hey, the new dictate got spoiled, and it's not symmetrical. That's weird. And then, and then I saw what the card did, it was like, oh, three double white. I was like, I don't know what to think of this right now. The, the effect, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a lot of mana, but the effect, I mean, double glorious anthem is a lot. Yeah. Uh, as is evidenced by the aforementioned, uh, oh, sure. Yeah. It, it adds up quickly. It's one of the nice things too is like, when I first saw the card, I'm like, oh, it's double anthem. That's alright. Like, eh. It's, uh. And then I was like thinking about it more, cause I think I was just kind of letting, letting it like mm-hmm. marinate. And I was like, it's a trick, which is kind of, which is cool. Yeah. The trick part is sweet, and it's like, and it sticks. Like, it's not just right. a, it's not like, I kind of thought of it as like a mix between a double anthem and an overrun kind of trick. Mm-hmm. Like, playing against this in limited is going to be so annoying. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Marshall, like, I actually texted Marshall right after I saw it. I'm just like, hey, Marshall. I was like, hey, what do you think of Dictative Heliod? I'm like, 
I don't know what that card is. What does it do? I'm like, and I text. He's like, he's like, he's like, wow, that's gonna be annoying. Yeah, card's real good. Yeah, it's real good. So I played that um in a Boros uh aggro deck. Mm-hmm. Like that deck was sweet. It went three zero and probably I think I dropped a game. Um, but like I had I had a few token producers, but it wasn't a lot. I think the only one I had was was OG Elspeth. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff was just value, guys, and just being able to. I only saw it, I think, in one game. But the game I saw it, it was just like I was like, I'm gonna attack with a bunch of one ones. Hey, hello, what am I doing? You're at five. Okay, he's like, okay, block, block, block. It's like, ah, no, you're dead. <laughs> Combat math sucks for you now. <laughs> I just killed his two twos. I think I killed all his two twos, and then he died afterwards. Right. And I was like, yep, that's the game. I was like, this gotcha. card's sweet. Like, five mana is certainly a lot, and it's not optimal for, like, the aggressive. But even still, I don't think it's bad as a curve topper, really. In those kind of aggressive decks, or even not to no, mention... No, because like, it's, a, it's a big effect. It's like giving all your guys full shock Morningstar the flash. Right. <laughs> well, what it reminds me of is... You know, referencing the the Aleshnorn earlier, but I played a lot of the uh, the you know the new Affinity decks when they were out, the Tempered Steel decks, and oh, there were yeah. really games where it's whoever like you play these mirrors and you're like, well, except for I have one more Tempered Steel than you do, so you can't possibly win. Yeah, because my guys are just so much bigger. Like, and that's and a nice thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like this card could certainly fill that role. I mean, especially if you're a, uh, a token, a heavy token supporting cube. This card is so sweet. Yeah, it's and it's definitely. It seems like it's getting easier to support tokens and have token cards mm-hmm. in cube because the cards that you're running aren't, for lack of a better term, aren't as embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And you have just better cards to support them anyway. Like, this is definitely a nice boost to that. And even, like, in mid-range, this seems fine to just turn your mana elves into, yeah. you know, three threes. All right, sure. I mean, could you imagine just playing this, like, playing a turn five uh, Cloud Goat Ranger and then playing this on turn six? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a that's lot a lot of power, power just by itself. Yeah, you know? and also a nice God thing. forbid if you're like, here's a turn four, you know, hero... Attack you, turn five. Surprise! Yeah, woo! Everything's bigger. And. Yay. So what can yeah. we do? What's the most abusive thing? Are there any two mana guys that make extra dudes? Because we could like three mana, uh, Brimaz, turn three, Brimaz, turn four, here. There's a precinct captain, but I don't see how much, I don't know if that sees much play. Right? Yeah, I, I think this card's sweet. I mean, maybe it's a bit much. It might be a bit too expensive for smaller cube lists, but I think this card's pretty sweet, and, and medium and upsized cubes, I think, will find a home for it. It's a yeah. It, it, as far as tricks go, it's a it's a pretty neat one, and you know, I'm I'm all for tricks that that work really well, and this could certainly be one of them. So, one thing I also wanted to mention, I think, is like you know the whole. Well, my Savannah lines suck on turn whatever. Well, they suck a little less. Yeah, if it turns out if they're four power, they're a little bit better. Yeah, they're a little better. And okay. it's like, and it's another thing. It's a trick, which is definitely sweet. Yeah, for sure. Anytime uh, you can, anytime you can cast spells on your own terms instead of other people's terms is is kind of cool. So. Yeah, and you can also pick fights versus like counter magic decks. It's like, hey, EOT, 
So, uh. Right, do you really want all my guys to get bigger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next, next, speak, next card is Godsend. Of, yeah. Speaking uh, of the full stock Morningstar thing. So Godsend is a, uh, one white white legendary artifact equipment, um, with an equip cost of three. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus three. Whenever equipped creature blocks or becomes blocked by one or more creatures, you may exile one of those creatures. And then opponents can't cast cards with the same name as cards exiled with Godsend, a.k.a. Cube Flavor Text. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I when I first saw this card spoil, I was pretty excited. And then I was like, eh. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's such a neat idea. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, the, the effects are, I mean, plus three, plus three is a lot. Three mana is, you know, pretty cheap for the a casting cost, right? It's right in the wheelhouse of swords. The three of quip costs is where it starts getting a little sideways. Yeah. And especially when you compare it to something like, say, uh, uh on Warhammer. Yeah, I was about to say, I think I'd like Locks it on hammer more. I do too, and even though it doesn't provide the toughness, uh, having lifelink and having a form of evasion. Yeah. Because let's face it, this card, I mean, still gets chump blocked by one ones, right? Like something equipped with this, it doesn't, unless it has trample in and of itself. Yeah, being able to do tricks with it where it can't be blocked by more than one creature, so like basically, Unless you have a unless you have a removal spell for the creature equipped with this, it's going to be real hard to take it down in combat. Yeah, because of just because of the fact of oh well, let me block it with a bunch of these guys. Like you literally have to block it with every last thing you own mm -hmm. to try to deal you know with, to get over the uh, the added three bump. It's probably going to kill most things that you have, but I just don't think I want that effect for three plus three in the most queue. Of, I feel like most of the time I just won't block. It's like all right. Yeah, or just like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll take five. Yeah. Or if they need to block with it, they'll just block it with one thing, right? It, mm -hmm. you know, now, if this thing had vigilance, granted vigilance, woo, oh, yeah. then we're, woo, then we're talking. Or if you can yeah. get it on a vigilance guy, then we're talking. However, yeah. it uh, feels a little too much like Volshock Battle Gear, the, you know, three mana and then you equip for three for plus three plus three. Mm -hmm. It feels a little too much like that. So. Yeah, just. Really neat card, just don't think it's good enough. No, just which, is, which is unfortunate. Yep. Uh, what's the next card here? Launch the Fleet. Ah, oh, yeah, that, that card's pretty cool. So it's a white mana, sorcery, strive. Um, launch the Fleet costs one more to cast for each target beyond the first. Until the end of turn, any number of target creatures each gain. Whenever this creature attacks, put a 1-1 white soldier creature token onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Mm. Seems pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean the card's nifty. I don't like that it's sorcery speed. Oh, it, I, it, wait, it's an it's a sorcerer. Oh, oh, I thought it was an instant. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. Well, and if you think about it, instant speed doesn't help that much anyway, because yeah. it has to trigger when they attack. Yeah, that's true. So it I guess instant matter. speed doesn't matter that much. But it is a neat token supporter. I mean, you're basically getting. With the exception of a removal spell, you're getting for every one mana that you spend, you're getting another one one. Yeah. So maybe I mean maybe there's a home for this in token decks, where you are you know you're casting your one drop, you're casting your two drop. Like, I, I, is this card good enough as a three drop? Say, like, what if you're like turn one dude, turn two dude, 
turn three, launch the fleet, my guys, you know, uh, attack with four guys next turn on tap, like, you know, glorious anthem or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or what if you glorious anthem on three and then turn four or launch, launch, you know, I, I, I could see scenarios where this would be decent, but I'm just not convinced that it's, that That's- it's, overwhelmingly good enough to convince me to include it. I don't know. I'm a little underwhelmed by the, the one ones for each one for each dude. Yeah. But I mean, but it is a good, I mean, but the thing is I don't like playing one ones for one that just attack and do nothing else. So that's kind of, yeah. And it is kind of one of those almost feels like a feast or famine kind of card. Mm-hmm. Like one of those when you're behind, when well, you're if ahead. you don't have any do, right? Exactly. If you don't, well, you know, you get wrath. It's cards, Deader than dead, dead. You know? Yeah, it's like, oh. Where if it just made like you know one ones, it, it'd be fine. Yeah. So That's yeah, the... I, I th- while interesting, I, I don't think we're we're going anywhere. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, All right. Knicks fleece ram. Yeah. So the Knicks fleece ram. Uh, this card is a one and a white for a zero five. Um, at the beginning of your, and it's an enchantment creature, at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain one life. So this card is actually pretty absurd. And, uh, yeah, this card's real nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, con- I mean, control decks may flock to it, but it is bad for aggro. And I don't know. It's sheer lunacy to include it. I mean, you can't just ram it into your cube, right? Or else, like, the aggro decks are just getting fleeced. I mean, you need to leave this card out. I don't know what's so funny. I like it. I like words. So, yeah, this this card is certainly powerful enough for cube, in my opinion. Certainly powerful enough. However, it is such a deep boning for your aggressive decks. I This is a card I am going to keep out of my cube. Because five is so much toughness. If I wanted to include this, I would certainly include Precinct Captain, too. You know? The 04 wall. Yeah, right? the 04 gain two life when it blocks. Or when it oh, oh, yeah. under blocks. Like, how absurd is that guy? Like... At least in cube, we have lots of three damage spells so that we could, you know, hit it with our one drop for two damage and then burn it out the rest of the way. Like, uh, Searing Blaze. Yeah. And then, oh, three to you too, sucker. Yeah, you're taking damage. I don't know. I'm actually, like, okay on this card, but I don't know. Like, I think the card's very, very good. And the problem is, I think it's too good against a certain kind of deck. I mean, this card isn't Wall of Omens. Like, Wall of Omens is sweet because it draws you a card. This is literally just like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, heck with you, aggro decks. So, it, it, it almost feels like if you're not, it's maybe more of a sideboard card. Like, if it's not versus aggressive decks, like, if you're playing it against, like, a mid-range deck, it doesn't really do much. Like, it's like, Yeah, like, ah. you build up, well, you build up a few, and, I mean, five toughness is a lot. Like, you know, square pegs can't swing through it. Yeah. So I mean, it, I, I mean, I think it retains blocking rights up until turn five or so, without getting trumped uh, on a normal curve without tricks. Yeah. So. I think you're selling me on this card. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the card's very, very good. Like, I, I, 
I, I do. And it can definitely it can wear pants too. Right, and that's the thing is that you know in, in a in a pinch you can uh, put a sweater on it and get to and get to work. <laughs> I mean, it might get woolly if you do that though. Woolly, nice. <laughs> the mental image of a of a sheep with a sword. Right. Now, now to be fair, there is, there is that you know, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. The 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 flavor of it, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think this very card's good, but there is an odd chance I'm including it in my cube. So, that's that's what I think. That works. How do you like that? I like those. Uh, I like them apples. Where did the phrase come from? I like them apples, or how about them apples? How about them apples? I don't know. I don't know what the origin of that is. And for those of you out there, no, it wasn't uh, the Matt Damon, Matt Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> it was way before then. How do you like them apples? Oh, was that a movie? Yeah, it was uh, in the one that was Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon's first movie. Uh, what was it called? Um, Goodwill Hunting. Huh. Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, came from Goodwill Hunting. Because he's like, huh. I got her. He, you know, it's like, hey, I'm a rich kid. Blah blah blah. How you like them apples? And then he winds. Matt Damon winds up getting the girl's phone number, and he's like, I got her phone number. How you like her? Whatever. How you like them apples? I don't know. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm not familiar where, I don't know where the idiom comes from, but. I don't know, probably some guy with apples or something. He's like, hey, check out, check out some apples. The, this, uh, according to this website, uh, it is saying that the, uh, few sources cited to World War One with the toffee apple, which was a kind of trench mortar bomb sometimes used to destroy tanks. Oh. So we wow. assume that the soldiers would hit the tank with it and say, how do you like them apples? Wow, that's cool. I always heard like grenades referred to as like pineapples or something. Yeah, well, you're right, pineapples. Yep. Ah, okay, makes sense. So uh, I don't know if, if if this one does anything. Apparently, it's also was used in a uh, in a John Wayne movie, which I'm sure it came after World War Two, after World War One. So yeah. Yeah, that, okay. what the line was was something like he, some dude, some rich dude was, some Harvard rich dude was a jerk to him, and he asked him, do you like apples? And the dude said, yeah. And he said, well, I got her number. How do you like them apples? That's that's kind of stupid. <laughs> I thought Gidwell Hunting is supposed to be a good movie. <laughs> it's not good. Well, you need to see it, obviously. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a fine movie, so. Okay. And at the, at the time, that line was actually kind of like, oh, gotcha. Well. <laughs> it's like law. So, any other white cards you want to talk about? There's a Blade of the Six Pride. Oh AKA right, Oresco Swift Claw. Um, hey, yes. I, I have a riddle for you. All right, let's hear the riddle. How many Blade of the First Prides are too many for most cubes? Um, I'd say about five no, minus one. Five. <laughs> hey, I was gonna say five minus four. Five minus four. Yeah, <laughs> one. Probably a bit too much. Uh, a quarter pal- paladin's fine, but a quarter paladin is bladed a six pride plus benefits. So that's true. And like uh, staring skyjack. Staring skyjack, right? Also with benefits. Straight up three one for two. Not so much. No, I like it. It seems I mean, like spirit of the labyrinth isn't in my cube yet. So no, no. But that's another card that kind of was like whatever the Aegis. Aegis. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that too, where it's just like, hey, there's this benefit, which probably will be over. It's probably. Does that does spirit even get played in legacy? Yes, 
It's in the uh, Death and Taxes. Death and Taxes? Okay. Yeah, yeah the card's sweet in that deck. <laughs> yeah, it seems like somebody... Death and Taxes seems like it's getting quite the bonus. Well, yeah, it's getting a lot of... Uh, We've seen a lot in the past couple uh, blocks. We've seen lots of like these little small, very disruptive white creatures, like the hate bears. Right, right, right. Lots of hate bears. So yeah, okay. Bars. All right. I, well, um, let's uh, let's move on to blue. Let's go to blue. Let's see what else. Oh, it's battlefield thaumaturge. That name is weird. So it's well, one in a blue. One in a lot to say. Yeah. Like what? What? What's the nickname for this guy? BT. What up, BT? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a nickname. All right, so Mr. BT. Not, it's not my best nickname for this set, by the way. Sweet. I have a much better one. It's <laughs> a card we're not going to talk about, but I, I just, it's one of those things where as soon as I saw the name, I'm like, oh wait, no, that's not what it says at all. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. Battlefield. Yeah, one in a blue for a two-one. Each instant and sorcery spell you cast costs one less to cast for each. Creature it targets in heroic, aka flavor text. This ability isn't even good. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Battlefield Thaumaturge, it gets hexproof till end of turn. Uh, so it turns your giant growths into uh, vines of asswood kicked? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. But you know, pump spells aren't a thing. However, the first part of it is is not flavor text. That's true. So I haven't crunched any numbers on the on, on the first ability because you know two one for two is fine, right? I mean that's not a big deal, and it's a human for what it matters, uh, human wizard. But I'm trying to think of like each the whole each instant and sorcery costs one less for each creature. I'm trying to think of all the ways to really abuse that. And granted, there's a couple of them in this set. Yeah. Um, like the aforementioned launch the fleet. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. But, you know, it's not infinite, right? You only get to target each guy at once. Um, and I'm trying to think of, like, how would I use this guy? And I think it's probably best used in, like, the Spells Matter decks. Like, uh, like the blue-red Spells Matter decks. Yeah. But hey, even yeah. then, like, if you're casting burn spells, they're not hitting your opponent, even though they're cheaper. You want to be hitting your opponent with those spells. And also, however, but like it, it definitely makes, and the thing is, it doesn't affect like control magic effects. It's all just instants and sorceries. So I'm, I'm a little confused about how good this card actually is. Probably bad. So, hey, guess what card just got spoiled? Oh, did the planeswalker just get spoiled? The Mr. Duck just got spoiled. Oh. This is breaking news, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. This is breaking news. That's why I was trying to be like, uh. <laughs> Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. So would you like me to read Mr. Uh, our first Duck Planeswalker? Yeah, I'm going to have to to look and see <laughs> if I, I can. Can I, um, I'm going to try to link it in the in the spreadsheet. Let's yeah. Let's see. I want to be able to see it. So let's see the, the duck. All right. So let's see if, let's see if this All works. All right, let's see. Let me click on him. I'm going to save this so I don't. Uh, okay. Yeah. Holy. Wow. <laughs> nice. Wow. All right. Well, if we're going to react like that, go ahead and uh, let's read the card. Actually, read it. all right. So, Mister Duck Faden costs one, a blue, and a red for a planeswalker. I'm going to keep calling it Duck. That joke's never going to get old. Not after the first time saying it. No. So, plus one. Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Right. So, is a charm. Right. Targeted is a charm. 
Yeah, or like Faithful Sooning, yeah. Right, right, which he was uh, depicted on the art, right? The, ID, <laughs> the IDW promo or whatever? Yeah. Uh, minus, uh, let's see, minus two, gain control of target artifact. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I'm pretty sweet for cube. And minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell... That targets one or more permanents. Gain control of those permanents. All right, sure, whatever. <laughs> just steal them, whatever. <laughs> wow, that is hysterical. Hey, uh, wow, this card is no joke. Wow, wow. So three mana, and it's three loyalty, by the way, which means that it's going to hit the board probably with four loyalty, and you have, or you have enough to stick it on the board minus it to steal an artifact. And still can live afterwards. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it's just any artifact and not non-creature artifact. Yeah. Is pretty cool. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, just straight up gimme. Yeah, that's, uh, For yeah. three mana planeswalker in a, uh, in a guild that's in a pair, color pairing that's not the greatest. Yeah, that's a wow. This card is nice. That's a nice uh, duck planeswalker. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's just stealing artifacts. Like, all right, sure. And then the emblem. Whenever you whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of them. Wow. <laughs> just steal it. Let me like let me like. let me arc lightning your three gigantic guys. <laughs> Oops. Wow. So uh, one of the um. The ultimate actually works well with Electrolyze, which was one of the promos which has Dak Faden on it. Ooh, yeah, a little, little so bit of meta. I'll, I'll get that. I'll get that. Ooh, and I'll draw a card. Yeah, I'll draw a card too. Sure. Why not? That's, yeah. that's fair. Wow. All right. So that was a, that was a breaking spoiler. Jeez. All right. So one of the cards is that I, I was actually talking about in this set. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's no longer in my cube anymore. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's some foreshadowing. Jeez, that's wow, wow. All right, so uh, shall we keep going with the? Sure. With the... <laughs> so, what do you think of Battlefield Thaumaturge before I Kanye you? I I think that's why I was just like meh. Yeah, I I think leaving it is probably the the correct choice here because uh, as opposed to taking it. Yeah, it does seem like uh. I'm not sure how often that's really going to matter. Like on, re- it makes removal spells cheaper, which is cool. I mean, it makes uh, capsize cheaper. Yeah, that's true. But it's, but only when it targets creatures, not when it targets like lands and things like that. Yeah, if you try going after a land, it doesn't do anything, which is a little unfortunate. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm on the side of meh. Yeah, kind of a kind of meh. I mean, I think it's interesting that you could cast Arc Lightning for a red. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. Or you could cast Arc Trail for a red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. You can sp- or at least that you can split your fireballs for free. That's true. That's always a cool thing too. Yeah. Wow. But wow, I'm still in shock about yeah. Dak Faden. Dak Faden is. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Next card, Crystalline Nautilus. Mm-hmm. So this is a cool card. Yeah, uh, I think it is a neat card. Yeah. So let's uh two and a blue for a four four. 
Uh, enchantment creature Nautilus. I don't know how it's not an illusion, but all right. Bestow for five mana, three double blue. When Crystalline Nautilus becomes the target of a spell or ability, sacrifice it. Enchanted creature gets plus four, plus four, and has when this creature becomes the target of a spell or spell or ability, sacrifice it. So it becomes a skulking ghost. Right, but it turns the creature that you bestow it onto into a skulking ghost as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. So if I'm understanding this correctly... I mean, granted, this is a blue effect, so, but this, this could be a blue removal spell with anything that targets it, right? Yeah. So, if I'm reading this correctly, you could stick it on someone's, someone else's creature, shatter it, right, with some sort of effect, and then you wind up with the 4-4 afterwards? Or do they Mm -hmm. wind up with the 4-4 afterwards? You wind up with it, right? Uh, if you cast this card for its bestow cost becomes an aura with enchant creature, it becomes a creature again, if it's not attached... Because you still control it. Yeah, you control it. Okay, so yeah, you get it. That's interesting. You huh. know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you have some sort of, you know, I don't know, pinger or whatever, uh, or some sort of, you know, repeatable effect, uh, I mean, granted, this is a little more likely in, in actual limited, where you have creatures that just, like, tap to do things. But, like, as for, you know, you can, it's, you know, five mana, break it. You know, maybe maybe with a planeswalker effect, even maybe like a Chandra or something like that, break their creature, and then you still wind up with a four-four afterwards. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's why I'm kind of intrigued by this card. That said, I think it's a little bit too expensive for that kind of effect. I think five mana is a lot. Yeah, but which like, is unfortunate. It just seems like you have to go through a couple too many hoops to to make it work the way you want it to. But the I, I do like the fact that it just breaks stuff though. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Like, it's a definitely um, and they wind up with a four four afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just uploading this picture to MTG Salvation for Duck Faden. because uh. <laughs> apparently it thinks it's bigger than a gigabyte. Go figure. Darkwing Duck. Yeah. <laughs> just resave it as a JPEG or whatever. It'll probably reduce the file size. Yeah. Let's see. But so. I'm going to pass on it, but man, it seems like a cool card to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely sweet. You get, it definitely, um, give it, I certainly like it a little bit more now, now that you've, uh, kind of sold me on it. Uh oh. I need to turn off sound notifications. Oh. No, go away. No. Okay. So yeah, that card seems pretty cool. Uh, next, should we go to the next card? Sure. Another surprising uncommon. I was surprised to see this as an uncommon. Uh, Dakra Mystic. Mm-hmm. Costs a blue mana for a 1-1. It's a creature merfolk wizard. Spend a blue mana and tap it. Each player reveals the top card of his or her library. You may put the revealed cards into their owner's graveyards. If you don't, each player draws a card. Choices are rarely as simple as they seem, is the flavor text. Mm. I like this card. I am, I'm actually quite Well, you've a fan. had some testing experience with it, right? Yeah, I actually... Because, um... Yeah, I was actually, like, um... I saw the spoiler and I was like, this card seems like it should be good, but I'm not sure, so I'm just gonna go and try it out. And it's been doing pretty well since it's been introduced as like a blue, kind of a nice blue, kind of like a nice value card. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, like you do get to, there is the option of like, of uh, you know, say we both flip, and a lot of the times it, it it seems to have played out like this. We both flip, you get a good card and I get a bad card, we both spin them. 
Mm-hmm. We both flip. You have a bad card, like a land or something, and I get a business card. Keep them. Mm-hmm. There, and there are times, you know, when you, so those are pretty easy scenarios to determine which. Sure. And then there are times when it's like the cards are on equal-ish power level, and then, you know, you decide based on your hand. And Right, because you're the one that has information about what your hand has, so mm-hmm. you can determine yeah. whether or not you can handle said card from your opponent. Yeah, so I don't know. I've been quite a fan of it since since it's been seen play. How I, how daggery is the uh, ability having to pay a blue mana for it? Not too much. I mean, you're in blue. You're holding counterspell mana anyway, mm-hmm. for the most part. So it's not it's not too much of a it's not too much of a dagger. Okay. I mean, the card's certainly interesting. Yeah, I've I definitely like it. Uh... <laughs> Somebody said just Giga Drowser board with Dagmaiden. <laughs> Wow. 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 This episode is now going to be about Dak Faden. Yeah, apparently. Forget the new set. It's just a Dak Faden episode. See, I don't know. I like Docker Mystic. It's, um, it's a nice card. Like, there are definitely times when it does feel daggery, you know, giving your opponent stuff, or, you know, the blue mana is a little bit annoying, but like I said, you're in blue. You'll probably have counter magic up anyway. Right. And it makes it a little less obvious, too. It's kind of like, it's not a total plus, but it's akin to when a creature has to attack. Not necessarily for a cube, but just in general. If it's a creature that has to attack, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm attacking to Tanderbench Maniac. Hey, look at this. I'm attacking because I have to. And you attack in there like 4-4. Four, four, right. And you just go, oh, giant growth. Ha, getcha. It's hmm. kind of like that, where it's, you're holding up counter magic anyway. Right. So it doesn't necessarily hurt you too much to hold that man off. Sure. I, but yeah, I've been a pretty big been a pretty big fan of this guy. Okay. Well, that's, that's sweet. I mean, I uh, I think I recently cut uh, the flip card from my cube. The Not the flip card. Yeah. Oh, Apprentice? Flip card. No. The, uh, the two mana one that you pay two mana and you draw a card. And then if you have seven or more cards in your hand, you flip. Yeah, that's Juicy Apprentice. Juicy Apprentice. Okay, you said Apprentice, and that didn't... Compute. Oh, my bad, my bad. So, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to try this guy. It's definitely weird. It's definitely, like... It's, it's definitely... I don't think... It, I think it's hard to ascertain, to imagine how it would be in actual gameplay without actually doing it. Yeah, to see it's whether, like... Looking- how you feel about it in the long run, you know what I mean? Yeah, like looking at a card, uh, like, uh, Kessig Malcontents. Look at that one. <laughs> it's like, you know what the card basically does? It's pretty easy to grok, but this card is, it's, it's definitely weird. Mm-hmm. But consider myself a fan. Okay. Ah, uh, no, I need oh. to close that again. I don't need sounds. Go well, away. Uh, uh, I'll have to try it out for sure, so. It's uncommon, so it shouldn't be too much. Yeah. So the next card is, uh, it's a, it's a average, Megadeth song. It's a lyric from it, actually. Oh. Uh, it's an hour of need. Uh, yeah, so there we go. So I'm gonna read that card. What is that? So, okay. And this was another kind of unceremoniously added to the, to the card image gallery when they did the big spoil. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like added there, and I was like, and I thought, I think that was another one I texted Marshall about. It's like, well, are you excited to play against this card in Limited? It's not gonna be annoying at all. No, sir. Especially at Uncommon. <laughs> yeah. Because I think one of his main gripes with Overrun is that it's an uncommon. And I was right. like, so what do you think? I think I asked him, I'm like, how does this rate on the Overrun scale of 1 to 10? 
And he's like, I haven't seen it. What is this? And he's like, I forget what he said. He's like, this is stupid. I was like, yup. So this yeah, card, it's pretty absurd and limited. So this mystery card is two and a blue for an instant. Strive. Hour of need costs one and a blue more to cast for each target beyond the first. Exile any number of target creatures for each creature card, for each creature, not creature card, but that makes sense. Creature exiled this way. Its controller puts a 4-4 blue sphinx creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And it's an instant. Oh yeah, it's an instant, duh. Yeah, I like this card. It seems, it seems nice. Yeah, like, I feel like this card is just, card is just a complete absurd bomb in actual limited. But I have a hard time imagining when I would be using it in cube, I think is my biggest issue. Of when what when do I want this card? Mainly, um, I, I, the way I see it is it's more of like a tempo kind of card or non-control card as a way to like upgrade up either upgrade threats or to protect them from removal. Mm-hmm. Much more than um, I mean, you can use it to try to pongify their big guys if they cheat them into play. But for the most part, like I because it was added so late and because it was um, you know like the Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a lot of time to play with it, but yeah, this is another one. I think I, I'm probably leaning more on the side of of no on this card, just because mm-hmm. of trying to imagine myself in situations that I would be wanting to to have this card in my hand instead of a different card. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, w- would I rather have if you know, like, how many times if we're using it to dodge removal? Slash upgraded creature, uh, would I rather have a counter spell in my hand? I, I, you know, and I guess that the answer to that is depends, but I mean, in general, would I rather have a counter spell in my hand than this card? Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is gonna might just have to be another one to, to play with some and see. I imagine after playing with it in Journey Limited, it's uh, it's going to feel a lot better than what I'm talking about right now because it's going to be complete blowout multiple times. Yeah, and that's it's one of the things I I tried in like like especially said, with Battlefield Thaumaturge. Oh wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like I tried it in a blue white tempo kind of deck, and it was nice to be able to just turn your dumb little guys into just a protect them from threat like counter ma- or you know just the removal threats, and well right. Which I guess if you're, you're that's, uh, you can two for one, right? Like you were going to upgrade them anyway, but if they try to get it, you can be like, haha. Yeah, so you want to kill my Soltari priest or whatever, like, nope. I got a 4-4. Four, four. How about a 4-4 four, four flyer? I was going to get a bunch of, because I think I talked about in the last podcast, it, there was a lot of, um, I've been recently using color, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Color matching sleeves with tokens. Uh-huh. Right. For example, I've been using like, uh, what's that? Monza's Goblin Raiders in Collector's Edition with red sleeves mm-hmm. for my goblin tokens. So I was going to get a bunch of air elementals in Collector's Edition for this card, but they were like 50 cents. I was like, dude, I ain't spending 50 cents on air elementals. That's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> it's like, I'll just get some ones from like Portal or something or, but I, I, it's a card I am unsure about how long it's going to stay in my cube. Because it's one of those cards that, one of the things about the blue, if you're like going to help the blue tempo deck, is they can't often, it's difficult for a card to just be a blue tempo card. It needs to be 
a good card in a lot of blue archetypes. You know, it can't just be like a blue tempo card. It has to be a good blue tempo card and a good control card. Like like Master Waves, for example. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, I still feel like this is just a tester for me. Yeah. That's true. They're like, oh, well, I really wish this were this card instead. However, it is nice to, as a, uh, as a super-powered Pongify in a, in a, or a rapid hybridization. Yeah, I think one of the... Pongify was a much better name. Yeah. One of the annoying things about, like, Pongify and, and rapid hybridization is they weren't really, you would just do a one-for-one trade. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it on your own creature, it was kind of bad card advantage kind of thing. But this at least helps to mitigate it, especially if you can go five well, mana. Right, four four flyer is a lot bigger than a a, a three three monkey. Yeah, and for a, a lot of the part, a like you, it's, it's difficult to, for you to do it on your opponent's creatures mm-hmm. because you can't. It's difficult. It's four four is definitely a lot harder to mitigate in cube than a three three like. Oh yeah. Like some 3-3 ground pounder. No, 4-4 flyers are no joke. So, it's certainly a thing where you can, for example, if they get a Gristle Brand out or an Elish Norn or something big and stupid cheat to play, you can downgrade it. Right, in a pinch. But it's, it's still gonna hurt. Whereas a Pongify may not hurt as much. But I think Hour of Need, I think a lot of the use will be in, like, upgrading your threats or protecting them, which I think is, is definitely a nice thing for that. Thoughts on turning your, uh, Thoughts on turning your Geist of St. Traft Angel token into a uh, 4-4 Sphinx? That's actually what I was going to try to do in that in that test deck. I was actually like, yeah, so I can turn this angel into a permanent one. I was like, that'd be cool. I just, for, I don't know, I think I either was like, eh, I want to see it actually happen in the wild or something. Right. But yeah, that's certainly something that'll be cool. Or like, uh, I don't know. That's definitely the one that I think is the coolest. Uh, what's the next? Should we go to the next card? I think that was, that was nice. That was, uh, should we talk about Hypnotic Siren? Yeah, I, I don't know. Hypnotic Siren is the, uh, the seven mana bestow plus one plus one gain control of enchanted creature. I don't know. Seven mana is just so much. If I'm spending seven mana, I feel like I want the, uh, split, uh, take possession. Yeah. If I'm spending six mana, I want confiscate. If I'm spending five mana, I'd rather have, obviously treachery is, is nuts, but, I, I even, uh, even, mind control. Even I'd rather have confiscate than this thing. Well, five mana, I mean mind control. You have mind control at five. I mean, it's two mana cheaper than this thing. Uh, four mana control. I don't know. I just feel like there, at no point in time do I feel like, uh, this is, uh, gonna, wa- gonna be where I want to be in cube. In regular limited? Heck yeah, give me all the oh, yeah. control magics possible. Oh, and then when I finally deal with it, I have a 1-1 one, one left over? Meh, sure. Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I don't think it's a cube card. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Who's neat? Real quickly, uh, to, to mention the nickname. So when I saw Polymorphous Rush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually thought it was Polyamorous Rush. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. I was like, what? I'm like, what? Oh, polymorph. Oh, I get it. So they all polymorph. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. It's got like a weird mirror weave kind of card. Yeah, but it's very mirror weavy for sure. 
But yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that since we were about to to pass it and move on. Uh, I don't think there are really any other blue cards I I'd like to talk about and kind of get on to the black cards. Yeah. So let's uh let's go into the black cards. All right. So hey, where did they? Um, where did they? Oh, there he is. Oh, I'm sorry. It was under that list. I'm my bad. Yeah. So the the first one is as a yet another one of our quote unquote fixed cards, uh, which is Brain Maggot. Uh, for those of you familiar who have been playing long enough, uh, this card is basically the exact same as uh the Nightmare guy. Uh, I can't think of his name from Torment. Oh, uh, Mesmeric Fiend. Mesmeric Fiend. So basically, this is the fixed version of Mesmeric Fiend. It is for one black. It's a one and a black. It's a one-one. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals his or her hand, and you exile a non-land card from it until it leaves the battlefield. I don't know. I, I like Mesmeric Fiend. I, I know some people don't. I like Mesmeric Fiend. I like uh, the 2-2 artifact version, the white-black yeah. artifact, Tide Hollow Sculler. I, I like that card, too. I like this card. I think it's neat. I don't know how much room there is for these kinds of things, but if we want black decks to, the aggressive black decks to be, uh, to be disruptive, which they kind of have to be, I, I, I think this card's neat. Uh, I don't quite know if it's good enough to have multiple copies, but I, I think it might be. I think so. You've definitely given me a more of, and I've, dra- from drafting Moto Cube, I've gotten more of an appreciation. Uh, for those kinds of effects. Mm-hmm. Just being able to disrupt them. I think, you know, like you said on the last episode, um, with regards to, um, Jetaxian Probe, mm-hmm. the value of information is oh, pretty yeah. sick. And uh, because of that, I've late, lately been getting a lot more appreciation for like Mezfiend and things like that. So mm-hmm. it feels like it's under, I don't know, like the consensus, like, how big your cube should be to run it, but like I run it in my cube and it's it's fine. Like it's because as you said, it's a disruption on a dude. Like would I like for it to be a double black two one? Sure. I'd like uh ice cream too. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. And uh you know and there are times too where it's super awkward, right? You're just like, oh, so I have this two two or whatever. I have I have this two two that I played on turn one, and I'll turn two, I'm going to play Brain Maggot, and hey, look, in their hand is an Arc Lightning and a Flames of the Firebrand, or an Arc Trail and a Flames of the Firebrand. Like, well, they're, they're getting me either way, right? Yeah, that's no matter true. which one I take, they're just going to hit both my guys with the other one and get their card back. However, there are times where, and this happens a lot, where you do something like that, and it's awkward because it's like, Oh well, do I have to use my removal spell on this awkward creature that's only a one-one to get this other thing back? And it's it, it plays a little more into the tempo of the the aggro decks. And you know sometimes you play it and you take their wrath of God and they don't draw another one and then they die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a big thing I like about it. Too. Or they keep a, a loose hand, maybe not loose, yeah, but it's very- the, and you take their turn two mana rock and mm-hmm. then they don't draw a third land and you you know. It's like, and you're dead. So, I, I, I will certainly be including it to, including it to see if it's too many. But like I said, I like Mesmeric Fiend, so, and Tyler's so. The only time, this is the only card I think where the templated, uh, the cleaned up text will actually matter. Because a lot of the times, like, say if you had, and you can probably 
articulate it better than I can because I don't really have a lot of experience in that end. But like, say if they only had one removal spell in hand or something like that, or two removal spells in hand, it was something where like, if you kill it with its trigger on the stack, the card they get is lost forever. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so you can't like kill it with its trigger on the stack, or if you do, it's a lot worse with Mesmeric Fiend. Whereas with this, it's kind of, you know, the intuitive method. So that can hurt a little bit, but I still think it's a fine card. Yeah, I mean, I I dig it. I don't know. I, as yeah. I said, I, I like the first iteration of it, so I, I like this one too. So Yeah, like I'm playing both. Oh, I'm, I have played the first one and have liked it, and the second one, you know, I'll be playing as well. Sure. Uh, next card... Uh, Snarled Scarhide, which is a black for a 2-1. Uh, bestow three and a black. Or I guess it's an enchantment creature minotaur. I don't think that matters though. Three and a black to bestow. Gnarled Scarhide can't block. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus one, and can't block. So I think this was actually the first real spoiler, and I was very impressed. Yeah, this card's sweet. Just, yeah, it's pretty, it's definitely better than something like Tormented Hero, and I was very happy with Tormented Hero. Right, well, you know, and, and this card isn't something you look at and say, wow, what a great card, this card's so cool, like, look at all the things that it does, and wow, it's really neat, it, it turns their guys into little pieces of gold, or mm-hmm. wow, it's such a great sweeping effect, it kills all their dudes, but what it is, it's a very efficient aggressive creature and a color that's been fortunately picking up more aggressively costed attackers in Mm -hmm. recent years that actually maintains uh, a fair amount of value later on because not only do you get to stick it on your own things and just make them bigger, but you get to stick it on your opponent's things. And, uh, you know, when they have that one blocker left, you're just like, Oh, by the way, honk can't block. Mm -hmm. So, it's a pseudo removal spell later on. Um, once again, well, how good is my, well, two ones for one suck when you draw them on turn four. Yeah, except for when they have one blocker and you have attackers. Yeah, or you make your guy just a big idiot. Right. Like, hey. It turns your, right, exactly. It turns your, your small idiots into bigger idiots. It turns your two ones into four twos, which all of a sudden are, uh, are not that big of a joke. So. Yeah. I'm a big. I like this guy. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it just seems like an auto include to me. I'm I'm not a fan of like moto style. Like, oh, hey, this card, cut the old one out. Like, why not? Why not? Uh, why not just play both? So, yep. Yeah, it's definitely sweet. Uh, what's the next card? Feels like there's another card in black. There is. Oh, Master oh. Feast. We oh. talked about it earlier slightly. That's true. Is this? Does this? That doesn't sound like a very metal title. I don't know if this should give Death Mogal, should it? Should it? No, I don't know. It is a demon, though, right? It's, that's that's the that's the rub. It is a demon. I mean, it, it's kind of a fat demon. It is. It's quite big. <laughs> Master of the Feast. So Master of the Feast is a one black black five five flyer that at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent draws a card, which is nice because they don't get the effect on their upkeep which would now allow them to draw perhaps a sorcery speed answer to it Mm -hmm. uh, and be able to use it. It happens on your turn, which I think is uh, a subtle but yet important distinction. To do um, 
Do you remember the card Saison, Perverter of Truth? Yeah, yeah. I have a foil one sitting in my binder, and all of a sudden it's worth a bunch of money. So um, it kind of felt like that card was a bit of a, I don't know if I'd say a design fail, but that was one of the bad things about the card, was you would spend five mana for this big effect, and objectively, it's a pretty sweet card. Five mana for a 6-5. I mean, it is a demon. I think it does deserve a death growl. Yeah, that's true. Five mana, 6-5. Yeah, like, <laughs> Is that an invitation for me to... Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for it. Okay, what's the card? Saison? Saison, Perverter of Truth. I gotta drink some tea. Gotta get my throat ready. Oh, man. Hey, man, I gotta get my stage voice ready. What's... Saison, Perverter of Truth, huh? All right, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. Saison... Perverter of truth. <laughs> How's that one? There you go. <laughs> Should I do Master Feast while I'm in the, while yeah, I'm in the group? Might as well, right? I got the pen. Got the, how the hell am I supposed to do this one? Like, Master of the Feast. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> so this yeah. guy? So, yeah, so Sizon basically says everybody on people on their own turns double uh Phyrexian Arena? Double Phyrexian Arena. Yeah. So they get their ability, they get two shots at drawing an extra way to deal with it before you can get your ability. This, they don't get any bonus until the turn you can attack with it. Yeah. By the way, if you play something like uh, Lightning Reviews ahead of this guy, oof. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's really gross. Oof. This card is oof. Wow. Then if you turn for like Abyssal Persecutor or something, you know, you just have like the, the Fatty Boom Boom Demon deck. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, like, like uh, this guy in Desecration Demon or something. Yeah. Or, oof. There's, yeah, there's oh my. a lot of scary ones. So. Yeah. This guy's sweet. Like, and it's, it's not going to take. Ma- there's the argument that the drawback can matter a lot if they get a lot of draws with it. With a 5-5 flyer, they now, you probably have a 5-5 won't. flyer, how many draws are they going to get? I mean, yeah. unless they, you know, uh, you know, what's his name at, in some way, shape, or form? Uh, like you have, uh, face fetters it, or... Tamio or something. Right, find some way to deal with it where it stays in play, but it doesn't do anything. But good lord, like, what if you just play this on turn one? You're like, land ritual, master of the feast, go. I mean, yeah. that seems way better than Hypnotic Spectre on turn one, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And even, like, it sucks versus a few cards. But, I mean, so? Right, like, yeah, yeah, like pacifism effects and uh, of various forms and, like, tappers, like, so. Yeah, like, Desecration Demon like, sucks versus. Manipulator or whatever. Yeah, like, Desecration Demon sucks versus, like, Lingering Souls and Spectral Procession. Yeah, but yeah. it eventually gets through. This card is brutal against something like Icy Manipulator. Yeah. However, just kill them. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Just if they're tapping your other things, they don't get to, they're tapping your Master of the Feast, they don't get to tap your other things. Play a deck with more things in it than Master of the Feast. Yeah, <laughs> you've got other things to do. That's my advice. <laughs> but, but you should play this card, because this card's so sweet. Yeah. I think it is anyway. I like it too. Like I was a little at first, I was a little lukewarm about it, and then I think I went to sleep and then woke up and I was like, "Hey, this card's pretty cool." 
Mm. So yeah, nice, nice card. I That's like nice. it. I, I like the idea behind worst fears. Yeah. Um, because just because I like mind slaver, but the yeah. fact that you have to exile it's kind of a drag. Yeah. Would it be fair to say Dak Faden is foul? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> put that joke on my bill. Yes. <laughs> really ruffles my feathers when you make bad puns like that. Totally <laughs> a foul points locker. Jeez. Uh-huh. All right, so let's talk about red cards. Red cards are cards are cool. So the first card, I, I think it's pronounced Idolin. Uh, okay. Idolin of the Great Revel. I Idolon. Idolon. I I, I, saw, I saw it pronounced as Idolin, which seemed weird, but you know, either way. I, in my head, it's always Idolon. That's how I always pronounce it. And I saw that doesn't mean that's right. Yeah. To yeah, the Google while you talk about the card, because it's a it's a German ghost, right, or a Greek ghost, maybe. I think so. I think so, yeah. So it's a double red for a 2-2 enchantment creature spirit. Whenever a player casts a spell with converted mana cost three or less. I mis- Dolan. Yeah, I Dolan, okay. Looks like I Dolan. I Dolan, like Dolan Duck, of the Great Revel, deals two damage to that player. So I don't know, what do you, what do you think of this card? I actually talked to, um, you know, David. Mr. Uh, Mr. David Merton Jones about this. Mm-hmm. I think he texted me asking like, "Hey, what do you think of this card?" And I was driving. I'm like, "I can't text my response to this. I'm just gonna call you." Right. <laughs> it's like, here you I'm go. Die if I text this while I'm driving. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think of that? What do you think of? Uh, so this? it certainly is very efficient. Um, I think it, it functions best in like the aggro mirror or like the the slow deck mirrors. Except for that, you know, I never even remotely considered Pyrostatic Pillar for my cube. Yeah, that, cause that card sucks. Right. <laughs> but this is just, you know, it's the same thing, right? But it's, but it's on a 2-2 body for two. Yeah, I mean, it's cheaper. And, like, I would definitely say this is, like, you could say Thorn of what Amethyst. Do you, what do you mean cheaper? Well, it's three mana as opposed to two, right? Uh, I thought, uh, Pyrostatic Pillar was only two mana. It was, I thought it was one red. I thought, it was, I thought it was one and two red. Hold on. To the, to the Google Mobile. I never actually played the card, so. It is two mana, one and a red. It's two mana, okay, huh. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, it's the same thing. It's harder to cast when you get a two-two in a deal that's more readily dealable. My, my issue with this card is that the red decks are usually the ones casting all the ones that cost three or less. Yeah, that's true. And I think the thing I was talking with David about was, like, uh, uh, one of the things is that we tend to identify and tend to identify control decks with cheap car- or expensive cards. Mm-hmm. And we tend to identify, like, when we think of aggressive decks, for example, we think of cards like, uh, you know, Goblin Guide, Step Links, uh, Isamaru, uh, Umizawa's Jite, Things like that, very very cheap cards. And then when we think of control decks, we think of them as being defined by expensive cards like uh, Jace, mm. uh, Tamio, Exalted Angel, uh, Etherling, Karn, you know, things like that where they're defined by their expensive cards. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily, because I was when I saw the cards spoiled, 
I was thinking about and looking at previous control decks that have been drafted, and although those cards are defined by their expensive cards, they still have a lot of cheap cards to support them. Like, there's still, a, they still do play a lot of cards like, uh, Signets, Preordain, you know, deck manipulation, like, Preordain, mid-range decks play things like Lanwarels. Like, there's certainly a lot of cards that they do play, mm-hmm. even though the deck identity is more defined on the control cards, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Sure. And I think because of that, it feels like it may not be good against those control decks. Like, for example, like a uh, Sphinx's Revelation deck in Standard, I don't think it plays that many cheap cards aside from, like, Azorius Charm and Dissolve, and I don't know if it really plays Dissolve anymore, does it? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, a touch of them do, but... But not many. No, I, I I think it's if they do, usually it's in like twos, usually like two of them. Yeah. So I think for I think it definitely um, will deal a lot more damage to a control player than we may initially think. Yeah, that, course, that that could very well be true. Unfortunately, the red that sweet Boros deck, somebody took it from me. <laughs> I was going to play it. Yeah, I'm, my concern is that I feel like. I guess I'm just not convinced. I mean, I guess the blue decks are going to cast a lot of uh, a lot of spells like that too. And while you may certainly be doing damage with yourself, you're fine with them doing damage to themselves if you're the aggressor. Yeah. The one, the only that thing I can, sense. the only thing I can really be concerned about is in that matchup. I there's the there's the argument, and I'm not necessarily saying that in a bad way, and that the control decks can simply wait it out. Idolin, you know, I. I'll, I'll certainly give it a shot. I think this this set has lots of interesting try me cards. Yeah, I think this is one of them. I just want to see how often it, it, I want to see how much damage it actually does do. You know? Yeah. Because even, even if you play it on turn two, I mean, so even if you play it on turn two on the play, they are likely taking at least four damage from it, not in combat. Yeah. Um. And I'm wondering if it's kind of like Zozu where. If it does, if it just deals four damage, it probably did its job. Well, if right, if it deals four plus another two, possibly in combat, like six damage is a lot for one card. Yeah, because that's all you really want to do in the red aggressive decks anyway. You just want to draw as much as you can out um, from, you know, just bleed, just get out, like you know, philosophy of fire or whatever. Right. It's like, hey, this dealt five to you. Sweet. Or this color marauders dealt five to you. All right. Right, so I only need right. I only need now five more cards that deal three each or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's now so, a yeah. six-card combo deck instead of a five-card combo deck or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's as if there, like you said, there are a lot of there aren't there aren't as there aren't that many like oh my god in, but you know a lot of cards are like this could be good, like sure. Yeah, certainly. I think it's definitely a could be card. All right, let's uh, let's let's move on. So we have harness by force. That's true. Which is one red red uh, for a Strive Sorcery. Uh, Strive cost is two and a red. Um, gain control of any number of target creatures until end of turn. Untap them, they gain haste until end of turn. So multi-kicker, threaten. Yeah, pretty much like Strive, threaten. And I'm guessing I'm probably the only person on the planet who thought of... So there was this Canadian um, like thrash metal band called Exciter like during the 80s and 90s. They had an album called Violence and Force. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, what is this like? Harness by Force. And was this like Violence and Force? 
No. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, you, I, you may be the only I mean, one that thinks that. I don't know if anybody got the uh, the last episode, the, the blue, blue reference. I don't know if anybody got that. Yeah, I don't know. That makes me... That makes me sad. Not really. Sorry. That's all right. So I don't know. Uh, what do you think of uh, of Harness by Force, the Strive Threaten? Okay, so I don't play any of the three mana threatens. Yeah. And I don't know why I would play a six mana one just to play it twice. Um, you know, I, I like the gain control of target permanent. Uh, you know, the Word of Seizing and the uh, Zealous Conscripts. I like those cards. Um, but I don't know. I've never played. I mean, I, I, there's been many permutations of it now, right? The the uh, traitorous bloods. The there's the one that untaps it and puts a counter on it. Uh, that was in a core set not that long ago. There's been lots of iterations, and I haven't really ever considered any of them for my cube. So I don't, I don't like this card very much. Like to be fair, a lot of the cards that are just like have a like um. You play Mizzy Mortars? I do. Like Flame Slash sucks. I mean, true. And I guess that's the same way with this card. Like its base effect is probably like Shock sucks with Burst Lightning. Yeah, except for the fact that I don't think Double Threaten remotely compares that six mana to Mortars everybody on your team. Well, no, but I mean, it's the kind of like where the base effect is probably not enough. But the flexibility is like worth it. Like for five mana, in the grand scheme of things, Meldrifter Meldrifter doesn't isn't really the best use of five mana in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can do something for you know the base effect plus something like uh, whatever divination plus, and it gives you that option to do so. Right. Because the way I've been thinking about it is a lot of the cards with kicker. Or evoke, or you know, kicker slash, you know, every, you know, whatever the iterations of kicker, like evoke mm-hmm. or multi kicker or whatever. There's all these added things, and the way I'm thinking is probably the 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 best metric is that the base effect, wherever one of them may lay, isn't optimal at what it does, but it's the base effect the deck desires. For example, like Shriek Maw for one and a black, uh, you know, when it evokes, it's not, it's not very efficient. And I guess there's a, a distinction between being efficient, you know, for the mana, you know, like Lightning Bolt or something, and effective, which is, you know, does what the deck wants to do. Mm-hmm. And something like Shriek Maw, when you, if you think of it in that way, the one in a black mode is worse than Terror, um, because it's sorcery speed, um, worse than a lot of removal spells in the grand scheme of things, but it gives you that the base option at that mode is effective for what the deck wants to do. Essentially, yeah, a black except deck for to- the fact that those cards that you're talking about um, have added functionality because they're stapled onto creatures, which means that all the blink effects, all the reanimation effects, all of the ways to to, to find ways to get cheat creatures into play or get creatures back into play, all trigger extra things. Whereas this card, whereas this card and some other ones, uh, are just spells. Yeah, but I mean, you could say the same thing like burst lightning and, and et cetera, and like uh, what's that? Chainer's edict. Like I, mean, Chainer's- I think I mean I think those cards are fine and are good enough, but I wouldn't say they're. I mean, I don't think they're great necessarily. I think 
the I think the baseline card being not quite good enough, the added flexibility makes them good enough. But I don't think Shriekmaw and Muldrifter fit in that category. I think those are just very good cards that have this added flexibility of using them in their evoke form when you're when you absolutely need to. Like I actually think uh I, I think that I while I see your comparison and where you're going with it, I just don't think it applies to the same degree that it does on the, these cards. Because what we're seeing is, I mean, Threaten has always cost three mana, right? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're getting a, hey, we're, uh, we're getting this effect that is overcosted in order for us, or underpowered in the, in the case of Shock versus Lightning Bolt, or overcosted in the case of, uh, Mizio Mortars versus Flame Slash for the trade-in of being able to do something bigger and better with it later, you know, mm-hmm. four mana or, or all their, all their guys. But I think in each of like, I, I think every card we've mentioned, the two creatures plus the two red spells, all are better than this card. And I, I am trying to imagine scenarios where if I don't want the base form really ever in my cube, I mean, I try not to cast Burst Lightning as a as a shock, you know, while you certainly do at times, just to have, a, you know, another removal spell. You know, I try not to, to do that on a regular basis if I can avoid it. Uh, in Mizium Orders, sometimes you just need a removal spell or whatever. Um, but I don't ever find myself wanting a three mana. I don't ever find myself wanting three mana threaten, and I really don't know if I ever find myself wanting six mana double threaten necessarily like maybe i do and mm-hmm. i just don't realize it because i don't have i've never had the option of six mana double threaten yeah and it's kind of like uh another strange i like uh parallel i thought of i think it was like you know like when a card gets printed with a tribal like say uh you know master of the wild hunt for example okay that suddenly cares about wolves for example, uh, let's say there was a really good shaman card, a card that cared about shamans. Sure, there's a few well, of them. Yeah, like say there was a cube-worthy one. Okay. You know, like for example, there's really no incentive to. We don't really notice or care about like a tribe. Like, is this creature a shaman? Is you know whatever. But once a card gets printed with that, like say there was a, I don't know, a three mana. Right, then we go back and we say, oh hey, look at all this, like. For example, I mean, uh, the one drop in white, right, that triggers on humans. Champion no, oh, yeah, Champion Parish, yeah. So I'm wondering if it's one of those things where, because we haven't had any analog to that spell, like a double threaten, if that's something we haven't been, like, uh, haven't been cognizant of, you know? Because I just think about it, and I think about it, the other threaten effects or whatever, like, we get, uh, what's his name for seven mana, right? Uh, you get to entwine. Oh, uh, grab the reins. Grab the reins, and that card was always backbreaking because we, you know what that card did was, hey, I'm gonna steal take, this and take one of your creatures. You know, basically kill both of your creatures. Yeah, you take your bigger one and bash it into your smaller one. You know, and and get it that way. So. But I've never really considered, you know, outside of when I first built my cube, I've never really considered that for, I mean, that's one more mana, you know, one more mana. I guess you don't get to attack them with it. 
You yeah. can get the, one of them at their face though, if it's big enough. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I mean, maybe, maybe you're right that it's just because we've never seen an opportunity to do something like this before. But uh, man, I don't know. I guess I'm just not feeling this one. Gotcha. It's one of those, it's because even in Moto Cube, it, like the threat and effects would always go late. And I don't know how often, like I never played aggressive decks in Moto Cube anyway, so maybe I'm not the best example. But I never wrote, and almost, the the more I drafted Moto Cube, the more I felt like I was always going into control decks. But it, it, it is maybe one of those things where I'm wondering if, if the base effect is, is okay, if the added benefit makes it worth it. And that's kind of one of those things which tends to be hard to quantify. Yep. Like, it seems like a lot of those kinds of cards are always, like Elish Norn, for example, you know, we, we, and, you know, pretty much a lot, almost everybody, you know, didn't evaluate it because of the base, you know, they were, they were looking at, like, parts of the elephant and not the entire thing, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing with, like, you know, yeah. a blind person, and it's kind of like that, where maybe it's just looking at the different parts of it, not the overall picture. And unfortunately, I have, that's another card I didn't really have any much time to uh, uh, to test out. But I remain hopeful. But then again, if not, there's plenty of cards to take its place. So. Sure. Yeah, I you know I've I, I like I said I well I certainly understand your reasoning and the the analogs that you're drawing. I just I feel like all those other cards are just so much better than this one that it, it, the comparison doesn't super line up. So. I mean, I guess we could have said the same thing about Mizium Orders. Like, a lot of the modes just look awful. On oh, their it's, own. I mean, it took me a while to try it. And then, you know, once you get the pleasure of realizing that it's actually good in multiple different types of red decks. Yeah, and that's the thing I underestimated too at first. That, I was like, this is actually, whoa, this card's actually pretty good. I was like, this is only for the control decks. And it's like, well, sometimes you just need to kill a thing your bolts can't kill. And hey, sometimes you can just play Windham for about for all their things and kill their all their their big dumb idiots. Right. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid, but, you know, time we'll see. All right, yeah. so next card, Mogus's Warhound. Uh, let's see. This is a, it's a weird one. What is this? So it's one in red for a 2-2. Two, two. Enchantment uh, Hound, is it? Enchantment Hound? Yeah. Uh, it's Bestow is two in a red. Mogus's Warhound attacks each turn if able, and Enchanted Creature gets plus two, plus two, and attacks each turn if able. Mm-hmm. And it's a 2-2 two, two for two. So its base stats are certainly bad. I think where this card makes it or breaks it is in the Bestow. Right. And I don't know. What do you think? I, I think there are other people who are more more excited about this card than I am. Mm-hmm. Because um, the base stats I'm just not that impressed with. Uh, the bestow, I guess, is a value bestow because you get to just stick it on one of your small. I mean, it, it works very well in curve. Yeah, that you know, true. one drop, two drop, put this guy on three. Even if that dies, you're still left with a creature afterwards. Um, but I guess my what I'm wondering is how how good is the creature that's left afterwards if it's now turn four. That's true, yeah. Um, which I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess bodies are bodies, but this one is going to attack and it's going to run headfirst into something else the next turn. Uh, while I don't feel like that's necessarily a drawback for aggressive creatures, for example, like uh, the, Maniac. The, the Maniac, like Tattermunch Maniac is just, I, I think it's fine. Like, 
if you're attacking with it, like that's what you want to be doing, you know. But uh, I'm just not sure at the at this spot that. Once again, I don't know. It, it's tough for me to evaluate because I feel like what we're doing with it is that this is. I feel like this is a form of like elephant guide, right? Because yeah. we don't want to be casting it really for two mana because it's kind of embarrassing at just two mana for a t- for a grizzly bear that has to with a drawback, right? Yeah. So this is you know goblin guide, elephant guide, but both of you know both of those. I guess it is a goblin guide. It's like elephant guide. It's a goblin. <laughs> it's a two-two yeah. goblin. No, it's a hound. Well, I mean, a go- I guess like a 2-2, you know, Goblin Guide stats. Bear a- Guide? Yeah, Bear Guide, yeah. Or it's a Goblin. Well, not many Goblins are 2-2s. They're usually 1-1s. No, but Goblin Guide is a, is certainly, I, I, I mean, I certainly get the reference. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, it's just, um, one of the nice things, I guess, is that it can piggyback as a 2-2 with haste. And it's, it's bestow is not awful for its, a lot of the times the bestow can be pretty highly cast. Right. No, the fact that like I said, yeah, three mana bestow cost I think is the the interesting part here. Yeah. It's just the question is because like you said, once it no longer be once it dies in combat, the two two is gonna be okay. It's not gonna be, it's another body, which sometimes is fine. That's what you need, right. Sometimes uh, it's just gonna be like, hey, hello hello, Garrick guy. I'm just gonna run into you now. Right, uh, and, and you know, and it's from a damage perspective, it's it's on par with like say something like Chandra Phoenix, right? So you yeah. this three mana, two damage haste. Uh and essentially that's what it is, essentially. Kind of like a the only problem with that is if you don't have any dudes. Then it's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> then it's then it's real embarrassing, whereas Phoenix is is still going to do some work. And come back and do some more work afterwards. So it's kind of tough to, I, I don't know, I guess I'm having trouble. F- and, and you know, maybe part of it is I haven't had enough chance to play in, uh, bestow creatures very much in cube yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I gotta tell you, bestow creatures in limited are very frustrating to play against. Because yeah. it's like, well, even when I dealt with their giant idiot, they still have r- random idiot left. Mm-hmm. Like a Nimbus, whatever the two-two flyer. It's like, oh, and you have this too. Sweet, Thanks. right? Like even after you deal with their giant transformer, like you're still like, oh, well, now all these pieces are still laying around, or you know, or like something like a Night Howler. You're like, all right, well, I dealt with their gigantic guy, and oh, look, they still have a gigantic guy. Well, yeah, it's like sweet. <laughs> this, this is awesome. Just so, so I guess you know, I, I think I'm perhaps undervaluing the bestow aspect of it, the fact that. No matter what happens to it, you're still getting a dude, unlike the guides, you know. Yeah. But I still think I'm, I don't know, I'm not, like, comparing this to Griffin Guide, is, <laughs> it's like, ew. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it gives it a bonus, but it doesn't really give it evasion. You know, the other ones, you know, give a little more action as far as attack with it. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, now it has to attack every turn. So, I mean, there is an enchantment that does that, right? Isn't there a two-man enchantment? It's just plus two, plus two, and attacks every turn? I want to say Maniacal Rage. That sounds so, right. Yeah, I mean, so that this effect certainly is not uh, new, it's not, but yeah. I, it's, I don't know. Oh, it's, Maniacal Rage can't block. I don't know. I'm too there's lazy. One, to I'm pretty up. sure there's one of them from a core set that has to attack every turn. There's one that's like flash and costs four mana. 
No, like, I'm flash. pretty sure that's just two mana, plus two, plus two, and has to attack every turn, something like that. Or maybe it's three mana, plus two, plus two, and has to attack every turn to course okay. that red enchantment, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. At some point, it was a course that red enchantment. I don't think it started in Zendikar. Can I remember there being one in Zendikar, too? Uh, Fear of the Bitten. It's one red mana enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and attacks each turn of Able. Okay. okay. So that's, that's an Innistrad. The Innistrad one, okay. Okay. I knew it existed in some form. Hmm, good call. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm very, as enthusiastic about this card mm-hmm. as, as, like, I don't know. It seems okay. Uh, one three drop that I do like is Prophetic Flame Speaker. Yeah, that's kind of sweet. So, one and a double red for a one three double strike and trample. Whenever Prophetic Flame Speaker deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn, but you have to pay for it. It's not free. Right. So, I like this card. Seems, seems really good. Usually, the way I think of it is it's kind of like a, a 2-2 mm-hmm. that has some, some evasion. Like, we've, we've talked a bunch of times about how Ophidians without evasion aren't very good. You know, like, uh, right. uh, what's that guy? Liliana's Reaver, mm-hmm. Doxos. You know, a lot of those cards don't really do much. But I still think this guy's base stats are still fine. And if you get equipment on it, oh my goodness. Yeah. This guy with any sort of pants is real scary. Yeah. That deck, uh, that red-white deck with Elspeth had, uh, Prophetic Flame Speaker, although I didn't get that combo off. <laughs> I wish I did. I actually didn't get, get that out with Dictate either, but I wish I did. <laughs> but. I mean, even just this card with like a bone splitter. Yeah. Or even just, and, and I think, I like, it's the thing I like about. Pretty scary. The thing I like about the trample too is that they can't just block it with 1-1 one, one tokens because it tramples over. Right. So that's cool. Right, so if they block it with a 1-1, one, one, you're still getting your, your one card in or whatever. And it gets two cards, which, um, you know, can happen. Like, I, I think the fact that it trades with, it survives fights with two twos is definitely a bonus in its favor because there's so many value two twos in cube, like Venser, Manor, Tabi Orangutan. Right, right. So I think the fact that it can fight one of those and then live is definitely a nice upside on this card. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you like, like we said, if we do get it with equipment, and you can also—I didn't notice this until um, somebody mentioned on the on the salvation forms. I think it was the Agony, the Agony Nine. Okay. But like he would mentioned something like you can, like you attack, they block with a three-three. You bolt it, and because of trample, you still get the benefit of drawing stuff. So, wait, say that again? So I attack with Flame Speaker, and okay. then they block with a Garrick 3-3. Okay. Before damage, I bolt the guy. Right. Because of the trample, I still get two damage through, and I still get to get the exile blah, 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 blah thing. Well, sure, Bo, then why not just bolt it before you attack? I don't know, make them be, I don't know, like, say they have something else they want to block. Because they're, they're snap blocking, like your 1-3 double striker can't kill their 3-3. Yeah. I don't know, maybe they're scared. Something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just sorry. Just my. Uh, just uh, just my thought. No, but this card's sweet. Like, yeah, card's very good. And, and red threes, like I said, I, I still think are a little lacking uh, in depth. There's a few very good ones towards the top, and then after that, there's a bunch of like decent ones. Uh, but this one could 
certainly be a giant pain in a, in a hurry. Um, free cards, you know, if you're hitting lands. Obviously, you know, I, I'm sure what will happen is someone will play it, hit two cards that they can't cast. Yeah. And then they're gone forever. But that's the breaks, you know. That's, you know, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Them, them, you know, it takes your, uh, you, you know, you got to take your chances. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this, this card is awesome. Obviously super scary with any sort of pump spell at all. Um, or permanent pump, you know, like I said, any sort of pants. This yeah. guy is, uh, pretty sweet and, uh, will most certainly be, uh, getting in like you. Same here. Uh, twin flame, eh. This yeah, seems, I mean, yeah. kind of neat that you make a copy of something and it, obviously, you know, speaking of those value guys you were talking about earlier, you know. Now the, you've got uh, two. Now, you know, and you're getting those effects again, so now you have, you know, two of this card. I mean, and I can see it. it the, the problem is, is that, like, the red card, being a red card, I think it works best with, like, the blue and the black cards. Yeah. So, even pairing it up that way, two Vencers, ah, 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 two uh, Shriek Maws, two Mold Drifters, you know, yeah. whatever it might be, two uh, Skin Renders. Uh, or God forbid if you have multiples in play, you know, <laughs> two skin renders and two Molo, and two mole drifters, ha, 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 you know, but yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a pipe dream, but you know, uh, if you're looking for, I guess if you're looking for ways to, uh, to make more uh, copies of your guys, cause I think some people like, uh, what is it one called? Heat? Uh, heat shimmer. Heat shimmer. I've seen people talk about liking that card. So, yeah, I, I, I was when I saw this card, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that card. But meh. Uh, green cards you want to talk about? Hydra Broodmaster. Oh, uh, yo dog. I heard you like hydras. Yeah, and the funny thing was when they spoiled that card at PAX, they actually made the that joke. Nice. I was like, nice. That's cool. So it's a four double green for a seven seven, uh, XX green. Monstrosity X. When Hydra Broodmaster becomes monstrous, put X, XX green Hydra creature tokens onto the battlefield. So, uh, what do you think? What do you think of this card? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not super excited about just playing. Well, granted, while it's not quote unquote vanilla, um, and so if you have six mana, you probably have seven mana the next turn. So you're going to be making three, three threes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have a 7-7 seven, seven that's a, a non-trample, non-whatever. Yeah, I feel like this thing should have trample. That That's going to make three three threes afterwards, which is a lot of guys. I don't know. I, I just, it's just not exciting enough for me, I don't think. I tried it out in cube um, just because it kind of feels like an echo creature almost, where it uh-huh. doesn't do anything. But like if you untap with it, you can always you can hold mana up to have it replace itself. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I'm, uh, I wasn't super huge on it, but it was definitely better than I thought. But granted, I had a pretty small sample size on that on this card. Like somebody had it in a, like a mono green ramp deck, mm. and it was one of those things where like if you let them untap with it, but you know, just those creatures tend to be not. They don't tend to last long in cube. Where it's right. like if you untap with this, I win. But if I don't, then it sucks. Most of the time, those don't tend to. Those don't tend to live long. Right, because you just can't afford to. They, those cards die to Doomblade <laughs> and stuff like that. 
Right, but you know, this is further down the game, so I mean, you can't always look at it that way, but I don't know, I just don't think it's, it's exciting enough for me to want to put a bunch of mana into. Yeah. It does feel like once you get, like, three mana, I think you're getting a pretty good deal out of it. Once you get, once you invest seven mana, it's a pretty good deal, and after, up, up above that is pretty cool, like, four, four, whatever, four, four, fours is pretty cool. But, yeah. Oh, that's the, right, I guess he turns into a ten ten when you make three three threes. I forgot about that. Oh, right, that's true. And it does survive almost everything that it gets into a fight with in cube, which is nice. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a, yeah, so like, maybe it's better than, it's, a, it's just a bit too Timmy for me, I think. Yeah. If that, I mean, that, maybe that sounds stupid, but. No, it makes sense. It ain't, it ain't stupid. Alright, so a card that I actually do like, cause green's kinda thin. Yeah. Um, I do like, uh, Setessen Tactic. Yeah, that card's, that card's cool. Alright, so it's a one and a green, uh, for an instant, with a strive cost of green. And it says, until end of turn, any number of target creatures each get plus one, plus one, and gain the ability of tap. This creature fights another target creature. So the funny thing about this card was, um, the day before, remember when a lot of the strive cards got posted? Um, I think it was like the, just the Ajani card. And people were like, this is just like a strictly worse multi-kick or a replicate. And I'm like, well, maybe if, what if they have a card that costs X and then has a cheaper strive, then it's not strictly worse. It's probably fine. You know, maybe that's the, what they're going to do. And then this card gets pulled the next day. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, come on. That's right. Well, there you go. There's the timing. But yeah, I like this card. It's, it's a uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I also like this card a lot as well. Um, I, I like the fact that it gives green removal. Yeah, and plus one plus two. It's it's that and a combat trick. Right, right, and you just get plus one plus one on top of that too, which is, you know, obviously two mana for a plus one plus one ability is is not great, but being able to trade your guys up or you know survive fights or basically team attack a large creature, mm-hmm. um, is certainly a real thing. And then there are times where you're just going to be able to one-sided wrath people. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, yeah, okay, if they're summoning sick, you're not going to be able to to fight with them. But there's certainly, this card is going to break up. I mean, inevitably, you get you wind up with stalls, right? You wind up with ground stalls and, and things like that that happen. This card breaks that stuff wide open. Especially in green, where they just have a bunch of big idiots anyway. Right. Like those big idiots can fight real well. Yeah, they can. It's like all right when they're slightly bigger too. Yeah, it's like hey, here's my Titan, nice four four. <laughs> now they're dead. Nice Brima's there. Right, exactly. So I kind of dig that, and yeah. uh, and I'm always looking for ways to be tricky, especially out of the non-tricky colors, mm-hmm. like the you know we talked about the the, the white, uh, you know the dictate of uh, Heliod. Uh, and now we have this in green, which is, you know, gives you a chance to, to be tricky too, because I'm sure there are things you can do after blockers are declared, you know, yeah. that, that maybe you can do stuff or, you know, like when you're on defense, you know, like after blockers are declared, being able to pump some things and fight some things and. Oh yeah, on defense, I can imagine this thing being a monster. So it's I like... can, I can see, I can see that being kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that the strive cost is so cheap. It feels like it should be more expensive, but I can't. Yeah, it is pretty cheap. Like one green is like, all right, 
uh, this, this, everything's, and it, it's kind of, um, it's a nice way to a reward. You know, it's, um, it lets you be tricky, you know, it lets oh. you do stuff. It doesn't, it lends itself nicely to that color, right. uh, to green, which is nice. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I like it. It's sweet. Uh, you want to talk about multicolor? Yeah, we ran out of mold single. We ran out of monocolor creatures cards already. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, let's crazy. Talk about, let's talk about some mold. Let's uh, get through some multicolor stuff here. Uh, so, so the first one is going to be our planeswalker, a Johnny Mentor of Heroes. Uh, comes in a very, very deep color combination for cube, which is green white. Uh, he is three green white. Uh, so five minute total for a four loyalty planeswalker. His plus one is Distribute three plus one plus one counters among one, two, or three target creatures you control. So it can't be uh, your opponent's creatures for what that's worth. Oh. So it's only your own creatures. Uh, another, his second ability is also a plus one. Uh, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an aura, creature, or planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest of them in the bottom of your library in any order. Obviously a very good ability. And then number eight, minus eight, you gain a 100 life. Whoa. Which is a lot. Yeah, that that certainly is a lot of life. Especially when you have an Ajani avatar token in play. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, then it's, then it's a, gonna end the game real quick. So, like, I I think this card is sweet. I agree. Um, the plus, the first plus one is no joke. I yeah. Mean, Especially in the color of elves. Right. Three plus, like, one right. plus ones is a lot. To, permanent plus one plus ones are a lot to give around. And, you know, just the, the other one, uh, the, the secondary plus one, just finding more gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that ability is pretty sweet, too. Yeah, like when I was trying, I think I tried it in like a blue, green, white deck, and it didn't miss much when it plussed. No, and and, and and what did you find yourself using more, the first ability or the second ability? Eh, usually second. Sometimes, but I don't know. I just felt like digging. But the plus one, the first one, like you said, is no joke. Like turning an elf into a four-four. Right. Or just turning an, your army into, um, uh, you know, into a you know just a big. F- Effect is definitely nice. Uh, by the way, I'm um, I'm going to use a term that I'm adopting from a different podcast. It's okay. called, I think, Qism. I think it's a. Uh, see if I can find the name of them. I should totally know this because I I finally got around to listening to their podcast it's called Cubism the Podcast. Okay. Um, they're from like uh, I think from like from uh, Canada on, somewhere, New Brunswick maybe. I think like Winnipeg. Or, okay. Yeah, they're from Winnipeg. But I finally got around to listening to their second episode, um, and it was good. But like one of the people talked about. And I like the term is called like, called like pushing down. Like if your your opponent is if you're playing an aggressive deck and you're trying to just end the game right there, like you're say the opponent's at eight life and you're just trying to end the game just like mm-hmm. with a cloth or something or a Keldon whatever Keldon champion. You're just kind of pushing down. And I was like, that's sort of sweet. I'm totally totally uh plagiarizing this. <laughs> so I, I think. Yeah, pushing, and that's what a Johnny, you know, the that plus one ability, you can push down real hard. Just with like, okay, this um, this wolf is plus two, plus two, and this uh beast is plus one, plus one. All right, we're getting in there. We're we're closing it out. We're pushing down. I'm like, that's yeah, I like that. So that's what I think is nice about that ability. 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the card's very, very good. The, 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 the big question is, is, is there room for it? What kind yeah. of sections are you looking at room for? Because the, the starting four, I mean, there are some very, for lack of a better term, important cards. Yeah. To be playing. Um, you know, we have a, a, another two one for one in that, in this color combination. We have Kasali Pride Mage, which is a super important card, I think, to have. Yeah. Uh, in like, this uh, color combination. Finks. I mean, we have Kitchen Finks, which is yet another just one of these iconic, super useful, super just, for lack of a better term, you know, important iconic cards that are kind of built into this color combination. Um, even if you look at just the five mana slot, you have a card like Marari's Wake, you know, at a similar spot in the curve. You have... You know, your arrangement of, of your other two mana creatures, your anti-control two mana creatures, things like, uh, Voice of Resurgence, things like, uh, Gaddock Teague, uh, other three mana guys like Knight of the Reliquary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a, just, the, the guild is just so, so deep. And I think it's, uh. It's not gonna be like Dak Faden, which is easy in. Because of the depth right, of the guild. Right, exactly. This one is, is a tough one, but I, I, I feel like I want to try to find a way to make room for it. Yeah. And it seems like, I'm glad, I, it, and I'm glad you, you rated it pretty highly. Like, it seems like a lot of planeswalkers initially tend to get underrated by the public. Or, you know, not, you know, just in general, it seems like, they, like, I think, I think we both were in, were pretty in, pretty, what's the word? Unanimous agreement that Elspeth, six mana Elspeth was broken. Yeah, broken, sweet. but yeah, we were both like, this card's really good. And I was like, yeah, this card is good. <laughs> but like, so many people were like, this card, um, like, you know how Elspeth was on a lot of the advertising material mm-hmm. for Theros? People were like, yes. why is Elspeth on so much of the advertising material when she just isn't very good? You know, she just, she doesn't, doesn't yeah. do enough. Here's a hint. Here's a hint. Yeah, she's, she's, she's good. good. Yeah, she is good. <laughs> That's the answer. It's like ah yes, because <laughs> she's broken. But yeah, I, I like a Johnny. Um, yeah, I think it's quite good. The the minus is flavor text. You know, I, I unless you can hit the ultimate very quickly, like cough, it shouldn't be part of the equation anyway. Right. Or I mean, and let's say, or the the fact that the other ones help you, like this one, I feel like the plus ones help you kill your opponent. Don't necessarily help you get to a point where you want to gain a hundred life. It's just something like, for example, Jace the Mind Sculptor. When you're plus twoing it, you're putting yourself in a position where you can live long enough to ultimate them and then kill them. Yeah. Or I guess, and also to like assert your dominance over the game and also threaten that axis of victory. Where this one, they don't seem necessarily related. Maybe that's maybe they're referencing OG Elspeth or OG Ajani. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like I, I don't know, you know, the, you know, but the original Ajani too. I mean, it, it does have similar references, right? I mean, the one, the possibility is gaining life, which puts you towards the ultimate of making this dude whose power toughness is equal to your life, and then mm-hmm. the other one is is putting counters on things. So I mean, yeah. there, there's definitely references here to that. Yeah, I do like how. Ajani has gone on this journey, and apparently he, he apparently he dies in in journey. Oh, I don't know. 
That's what I heard story was. I don't pay too much attention, but I was like, apparently he died. I'm like, all right. Well, you've had a good run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got yourself uh four versions of yourself. And they're all... Five versions? Four versions? Yeah, I think the four, like, original, uh, Vengeance. Three mana version. Yeah, three mana version. And then this, this one. one. Yeah. And they're all good. They're all quite yeah. good, yeah. It's not like, uh, whatever, five mana Elspeth that your cat likes. <laughs> right, apparently. <laughs> Doesn't want to let go. Wow. Don't, don't, th- I like this card though. So yeah, I, I dig this card and I want to find a way to make room for it. I would even go so far as, uh, I don't like cutting. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to find something to remove for this. And I think it's going to be, it might be something like Night of the Reliquary for now. That seems fair. I can get behind that. Um, because I don't want to, as much as I'm not excited by the, the two one for one, it's a two one for one. Yeah, it's still, it's still a two one for one. So, uh, but I think, uh, either Gaddock Teague or, uh, Knight of the Reliquary may be my, maybe my cut for this. Cause you know, Gaddock Teague and the Johnny Mentor, not a great combo, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the next card also swelled at PAX, Athreos, God of Passage. So, one, a white and a black for a 5-4. Legendary enchantment creature god, indestructible. As long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, Athreos isn't a creature. Whenever another creature you own dies, return it to your hand unless target opponent pays three life. So, unfortunately, I like this card. I just don't think I have room for it. But that doesn't mean I think the card is bad. Like, uh, black, white, also very, very deep. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Out. Yeah. Uh, and it's, once again, I think this is, I, well, you know, here's this Punisher mechanic, right? Do you want this to happen or do you want that to happen? And your opponent will always choose what's better for them. However, both of these options, not, not that great for your opponent, I don't think. Especially if it's like in an aggressive deck. Right, and, right, exactly. If we're talking about an aggressive, uh, disruptive type of deck, like, Taking an additional three mana or letting them get their creature back, like, it's a little rough. Granted, they do have to recast their creatures, but, you know, you can imagine scenarios where, alright, well, I'm going to Athreos, and then on turn four, I'm going to evoke a Shriek Ma. Yeah, yeah. Would you like me to Searing Blaze you, or do you want me to have this back in my hand? <laughs> Yeah. You know, Moldrifter. Am I going to do this? Not that I can see Moldrifter and this guy in the same deck, but there are, you know, lots of things like that. I mean, the aforementioned Brain Maggot. Yeah. Would you like to take three now that you've gotten your card back? Or do you want me to just cast it again and take something else from your hand and look at your hand again? Mm-hmm. Um Unfortunately, yeah, black white is is pretty stacked, um, and black white probably among all the gods in this set, black white probably the the one with the highest chance of hitting your seven devotion. Yeah, it, that's it, true. It, it is a color intensive pair, um, you know, with cards like you know black white for a two, a two mana creature. 
Uh, there's lots of three mana creatures that are double white or double black. And um, like, uh, some triples, like, uh, what's that? Draws Messenger? Right. If you go the zombie route, you get, you know, some doubles and some triples and, and things like that as well. So, I, I think it has the greatest shot of doing that. I just don't know if there's enough room for it. Yeah. Um, and maybe there is. You know, maybe there are cards to, to, to be cut to try it out. But this is another one that I feel like this is probably as close to a good Punisher card. And I don't consider like fact or fiction a Punisher card. Um, I consider like browbeat a Punisher card. You know, book, yeah. book burning, browbeat, things of that nature. Um, so I, I'm curious to see I, in this once again. Got to play it and and see how how relevant it is over the course of a game mm-hmm. uh, from a for out of a white black deck. Yeah, um, I'm leaning towards probably no, but I think this card's pretty sweet. Yeah, even if it doesn't turn into a creature, which most gods and, and I could see really this don't. one being being actually very nice in like a uh, even maybe a modern face cube. Maybe there's. Uh, Maybe we lose a couple of black white cards, you know, we, we lose a Gerard's verdict. So maybe that makes room for it, you know? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next card, Iroas, God of Victory. Alright, so he's the Boros God. He's two red white, mm-hmm. uh, for a 7-4 indestructible. The devotion of seven for red and white. It says creatures you control can't be blocked except by two or more creatures and prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. So, oh, slight, uh, so it says just prevent all damage. So yes. I guess they can't, so they can't like bolt it Correct. if they're dumb or something. Like, once it's right, once uh, attacks and it triggers or whatever, once they are officially attacking, then, uh, yeah, they can't bolt it. Now, once again, if they're smart, they just yeah. do it before you declare them as attackers or whatever. But that's true. Um, this card is going to be impossible to play against the limited. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Like one of the things I didn't um, when I first built my popper cube, and I, I like I was going to do a big update for it, and eventually I was just like, you know, I'm just going to rebuild it. You know, this is going to take way too long. One of the cards that I overlooked was Goblin War Drums, which is somehow a common. Okay. For sure, yeah. That card is. That car's so annoying. Oh yeah. Well, you remember the uh, the Pyreheart Wolf? Yeah, that card's real tough. Yeah, it's like, wait, how am I blocking now? Like, what? What? What do I? How am I blocking? Right. So, so once again, this is another card. I guess to be fair, this is another uh, card combination that you could get your seven devotion on, because there are red intensive cost things, um, and white intensive cost things, and seven. Power. He's the you know the highest power among all the the gods, I believe. That's oh it. yeah. Um, and his abilities are no joke, especially in an attacking color combination. Here's my issue: red white's also really good, and yeah. I don't think there's room for him. No, even like some cards that don't are kind of like fringe on a lot of cubes, like Assemble the Legion. Mm-hmm. I think I like that card better than Iroas. Yeah, as well as they work together. Oh, oh my god, wow. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think that this is necessarily where you want to be. I mean, th- there's, you know, quite a few just red-white spells that 
make it tough for this guy. This guy's not breaking any top fours. That's for no. sure. That's what's the unfortunate part, but yeah. And that seems to be that's kind of the the going rate for a lot of people's multicolored sections are you know four cards, uh, sometimes upwards of that. But you know I run slightly bigger sections, and I still don't think I have room for this guy. Yeah. Good Which guy. Is a, good. He's sweet. And also four mana and aggressive decks is how many of those slots do you really have to play with? Right. And and the, and, and the red and white the, independently the red and white slots. At four manner are very, very good. Yeah, you have both heroes. Some cards in, in both colors, you know. On the red side you have, you know, Hero, Flame Tongue Kavu, uh, Hell Rider. Uh, on the white side, you know, Hero, you have lots of backbreaking four mana spells, things like Armageddon, things like Parallax Wave. Yeah. Uh, not that they're necessarily directly competing with one another, but they are taking up the same spot in the curve. There's certainly competition. Like, it has to be able to stack up well enough against those. And unfortunately, this card actually does stone nothing if he's by himself. Yeah, which is really awkward. It's kind of a drawback. Well, obviously it's a drawback, but uh, unfortunately, it's uh, like I said, he does nothing when by himself. However, what does do th- something when they're by themselves is Karanos, God of Storms. Karanos is five mana god, uh, three blue red, and it is a six five. Um, indestructible, it's got this seven, uh, devotion clause, but it says, uh, reveal the first card you draw on each of your turns. Whenever you reveal a land card this way, draw a card. Uh, whenever you reveal a non-land card this way, Karanos deals three damage to target creature or player. So basically, you're either getting a free card, which is your land, uh, or you're getting a free lightning bolt. Yeah, so you're getting a free card either way. Yeah. So you're basically getting a, you're getting a, a free card of, of value, uh, any way you look at it. I mean, come on, the dude's even holding a lightning bolt. Pretty much, yeah. He's just like... <laughs> I do like the card, actually. Of course, it doesn't hold a candle to Dak Faden because, well. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, he might have uh, worked his way right in and right back out. Yeah, just like of, uh, uh, tonight. That's true. So, yeah, I don't. I felt like um, there's an argument to be had where it doesn't get enough value. Like, it, it comes into play at five mana and then doesn't do anything. But, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of cards that just don't do it. Like, Navinural Disc doesn't do anything for four mana when it comes into play. Correct. Perforos doesn't really do much. Uh, a lot of cards don't really have much guaranteed value, but you're able to extract value, and it's kind of like the arguments against like Sheldock Isle. Like you're the control deck. Stay well, alive. Well, right too, and uh, well, the other thing too is you know Crufix or not Crufix, uh, Iroas does have a lot of impact as soon as it hits, but only if there are other pieces present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh. Even some of the some of the other gods rely on having other permanents in play to to do something right away. I mean, even just think of the the major gods. Uh, Thassa is not doing anything unless you have other creatures to make unblockable. Um, Porphyros isn't doing anything unless you, you have then other things to follow it up. Creatures coming into play or creatures in play who are then going to and extra mana. So I, I think that's a little bit of a misnomer that it doesn't have this huge impact right away because you still need other permanents to make things work to make to to do anything. 
Uh, however, what we found with some of these blue gods, blue affiliated gods, is that they do have uh, things that happen. I guess the uh, blue black god does have an impact right away insofar that, it, but once again, you still need other creatures yeah. to, to, to mill them or whatever. Uh, but, you know, this blue god and uh, Thassa or whatever, when left, you know, are going to generate value on their own without needing other permanents in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just kind of do. Trying to say. And they just kind of do, yeah, they kind of just do their thing on their own. Right. They're, they're going to provide you value, uh, in some way, shape, or form, even without doing anything, uh, proactively. You know, on an empty board, you're still going to be scrying and making your draws better. On an empty board, you're still going to be either drawing cards or bolting every turn, uh, mm-hmm. with this guy. Uh, unfortunately, it does cost five mana. Which is a lot. However, uh, you know, as, as we've said, you know, uh, when, when, in talking about people, uh, with cards like Shellbach Isle and things like that, as you were, you know, as, as we were talking about, uh, off air, that it's still going to, you know, you're a blue deck. You're going to sculpt the game to a point where your cards are going to have value because they're going to get, it's going to be later in the game. You know, would I play Sheldock Isle if it were a red card and made red mana? Well, no, I'm not going to play it because there's not going to be very many game states where the typical red deck is going to last until 20 cards left in your deck. However, that's completely not the case with uh, Blue. Sheldock, yeah, because you have draw cards, too. Right. So, yeah, I think it works well. Like, Sheldock Isle works well with what that deck is doing, and I think kind of similarly with where Karanus works well within that archetype. Right. And... Like I put my uh, somebody played it in like a mostly blue splashing red deck one week, and then mm. like a, a just straight up is it deck, and it worked well in both of those. Like there are times when you just draw two lands, and it's like you, you flip, and it's a land, and you draw a land, and that that's not the best feeling, but but it's better than drawing that land two times in a row, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I I like Karanos, but unfortunately, it's now a uh, deck fading. So. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, straight up replaced. Yeah. Before, before it ever got a chance. Like I got called up to the majors, and on the bus ride to the park, it wrecked. <laughs> or you got the call. He's like, "You're um, no, you're going home." Right. On the way there. Oh, by the way, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oops. Nm. Yeah, Nm. <laughs> Lol. Speaking of blue gods, uh, what about? Well, let's talk, we want to talk about Crufix? Yeah, we, we real quickly. Okay. Uh, so, uh, do, 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 three green, blue, four, seven, uh, blah, 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 seven isn't a creature. You have no max hand size. If unused mana would empty from your mana pool, that mana becomes colorless instead. No. No. Yeah, th- uh, this card seems so sick for, like, EDH. Yeah. I mean, not that we don't already have multiple things that say no hand size now. You know, we have Reliquary Tower. Uh, when it used to just be what? Spellbook, I think was yeah. the only way to do that. And then we have Reliquary Tower. Um, and now we have this guy. The, you know, the whole mana in your pool thing hasn't, is not unknown. We've done it before. We've seen it with, uh, Omnath, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, Library of Lang. That's another one. Oh yeah, Library of Lang. Um, so none of these effects are new. Now granted, they're all on one thing now, which is kind of neat. 
Um, but this is not a cube card. No. So. Uh, what else is there? Crewfix? Uh, uh, yeah, we just, we just talked about Crewfix. Farika, uh. God of no. God of no thanks. The grumpy cat. Like, yeah, no. It's, it's three mana. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and we are in colors that should be able to have permanence on the board. Um, but the ability just doesn't. It gives your opponent snakes. It if gives you your opponent snakes if you take them out of their graveyard. Like, it should give you snakes if you take stuff out of their graveyard. Yeah, like Night Soil and Necrogenesis. Yeah. It just seems it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big no-sir on that one. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, go to Colorless. Go to Mana Confluence. What do you think of that card? Uh, City of Brass? City. Yeah, I mean, City of Brass, we did it. Yep. City of Brass doesn't get, doesn't ding you when you, when you port. The two missing temples, about the same as the other temples. Yep, same as the no. other temples. Um, Hall of Triumph. Hall of Triumph is the, uh, so it's a three mana artifact, legendary artifact. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw, choose a color. Creatures you control of the chosen color get plus one, plus one. So it's a colorless glorious anthem, but only for one of your colors. Which for yeah, the most part like, you should uh, be able to tell which which one it is. So interesting, I think. It feels like I don't know, like honor the pier is the two mana. Right. The one. And you get to set it and forget it. Right. So it's for all your white creatures. Yeah. So I don't know. It just feels like three mana's a lot. Um but there aren't really the the bar for aggressive artifacts tends to like, after the good ones, like the swords and stuff, it tends to drop. Like, there are a lot of good control artifacts. Right, like, Ankh of Mishra would be another good aggressive one. Yeah, Black Vies, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. But after that, it just drops. So this is nice, but it just feels like three mana is a bit much for that effect. Right, I feel like it should be like two and a half. But I think yeah. two is way too cheap. Yeah. But three is probably a bit... Three is probably the correct... Uh, I almost feel like you should... Cost, but it almost feels like you should get like a, it almost feels like you should get a dude when it comes into play. Yeah, maybe you get a 1/1 one, one of the chosen color. Yeah. Know, but that That'd might be, be cool. too much cuz then it's, it's gray ogre, just a free gray ogre. Yeah. That's true. What if it's like a a 0 0 token? What if you get an artifact or something? Like a What if it's a 0 0 token so you get a 1/1? One, one? That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, that seems pretty cool. Oh, a 1/1 one, one statue token or, or a zero zero statue token or something. Yeah. I don't like, know. Uh, yeah. I like how we're trying to add all these things to the card to make it playable. Yeah. We don't I, have to do that. I it's it's uh, close, but I, I think we can safely skip it. Yeah. It, it's pretty embarrassing when you put it next to uh things like swords and uh chromatic lanterns and relics. Yeah. Coalition relics and such. So yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate, because I always want there to be more good aggressive artifacts, because those are quite hard to come by. And then there's this, which is, I feel like I'm going to try, I, I got one on the cheap, but it just, I, I play a lot more two-color aggressive decks than just mono. Right. And like mono whatever, mono white or whatever, mono red. You know, I don't have the, uh I don't have the like huge love that so many people have for mono red. Mostly I just play Boros and whatever. Like, right. or is it, or something, not just straight mono red. But I don't know. It's, it's okay. 
If if I did put it in my cube, which I might do, it's probably not going to last long. It'll last longer than Karanos, which I think <laughs> is the world, that is the world record for. Uh, so it made it. It was in my cube for two weeks. Actually, it's not. I've had cards last less long than that. Mm-hmm. But wow, that was just a very <laughs> very uh, time wise. Just yeah. it's funny. That is very amusing for sure. Yeah. So that was the set. Like like we said before, there's there's not. A lot of like super slam dunk cards, like Banishing Light. It's pretty slam dunk. Mana Confluence. Yeah. Mana Confluence. Um, if you're assuming you're supporting black aggressive cards, Gnarled. Yeah, Gnarled Scarhide's a pretty easy inclusion. Master of the Feast, probably. I right, but once easy. again, if you're only if you're planning on attacking with your uh, bl- black creatures on a regular basis. Yeah, if it's just mono mid range and control. Well, right. If it's you know Reanimator. Yeah. Reanimator control the end. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Then mm-hmm. maybe not so much. Um, like uh, prophetic. Would you say prophetic flame speaker would be a staple or just like an easy inclusion? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's an easy testing card, but I don't know how much of an. I, I mean, I, I guess it is, but it, it's not as obvious as I think some other some other cards are. Yeah. But, Dictate is definitely, there's an argument for that card right. as well. Right, there's an argument right both directions. Uh, Satestan Tactics, there's an argument both directions. Yeah. Ajani, you could certainly find it squeezed out uh, in smaller sections, just from how, you know, the, the utility nature of the rest of the cards. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like it's Mana Confluence, um, Banishing Light, Gnarled Scarhide, you know, well, first of all, the, the first two only, uh, you know, if you don't do anything else, if you don't support Black Agar, if you support Black Agar, I think all three of those cards can find a home. Yeah. But definitely, for sure, Gnarled Scarhide and Master, I think, are, are one and two yeah. on that list. Um, but everything else, I feel like I could, for the most part, everything else, I feel like I could live without. Yeah. And even without those, I'd be okay with the set. Like so. a new new O ring, new City of Brass, you know, right? N- new uh, Tormented Hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's fine. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty nice set. I'm I've been happy about, it, especially with Board of the Gods being uh being Board of the Gods. Right. So this Board is a uh, yeah. So I'm happy with this. It's uh it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think it's a great great for a, a small set for sure. Yeah. So uh, should we get to the plugs? Yeah. And uh all that so So yeah, you can see me at Usman the Red, Usman T H E R A D. And I've been lately using the blog more. Like I think I I asked like, "Hey, uh I'm going to be using my blog more. Um what do you want me to blog about?" But I got no responses cuz mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz yeah. Um but yeah, I recently updated my Popper Cube. I'm going to post the 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 Cube Tutor for it, but Cool. Um uh, but yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, Anthony, where can they find you and your content? And, and uh, I am uh, at Anthony42. Um, pretty much there everywhere. Um, Twitter, message boards, all that good stuff. Uh, my cube writings are currently uh, on uh, legitmtg.com. Uh, I am uh, a cube writer over there. Uh, there's some some archived articles. I'm, I'm still hoping people will chime in on the modern cube thing. Uh, that you know, we got a white article up and gotten some feedback on it, but uh, we're going to continue that soon. And unfortunately, I missed uh, Board of the Gods uh, as far as uh, writing up a set release between uh, 
real life and it not being a particularly great set um, kind of went by the wayside. But uh, looking forward to getting a uh, written set review of uh, likely a lot of what you just heard and some additional uh, jokes and ridicule thrown in for some of the uh, stinkier cards. So Nice. <laughs> as I like well. to do. So I think that's about where you can uh, find me as well. That's awesome. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that, that leaves us, uh, leaves us one thing left. Oh, that's right. There's only one thing left to do. That's right. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Journey to Nix. Rival the gods. It's <laughs> a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you guys next time. We'll be talking about, uh, we'll be taking, uh, doing our viewer questions and talking about black and its role in the cube and what to do with your black cards. Sweet. Like put gnarled scar hide. On your yeah. opponent's creatures and attack through them. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and swing away much as in, uh, signs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Even though he's only got one arm. <laughs> ah, I'll get him. Get him with the arm. So, all right. <laughs> Take it easy, you guys. See you next all time. Right. Peace out.